folks. Welcome to the Music of the Spheres podcast. We are broadcasting tonight from somewhere deep in the hills of upstate New York. Wherever, whenever, and however you're listening, we thank you for being part of our universe. We are two brothers, bivocational ministers, seekers of truth, and drinkers of yellow beer. And we welcome you in to episode number 22 of the Music of the Spheres podcast. So that's how many letters there are in the Hebrew alphabet, I believe. Am I correct, Jason? I would not be the person to ask. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's 22. Pretty sure there's 22. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. But if I am wrong, somebody can email the show and tell me that. That's (laughs) that's always what I like to say things that could be wrong. I still have yet to get a corrective email. Mm -hmm. People are just too nice or they just don't feel like emailing. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or they don't know that I'm wrong. Yeah, that's true. About any of this stuff. That could be a, a, a third... 22 was always my or sports number. you could just number. be right. I, I, could, oh, yeah. I could just be right. Everything mm-hmm. that we have said so far could be just perfectly correct. And Who's to say it's not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And everything that you said so far could also be a complete failure. Yep. Could be wrong as well. Yep. <laughs> so 22 was your sports number when yeah. you were... Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, soccer and I think, baseball mainly. I think the one um, sports number that I had that was closest to this was like 26 or 27 right were you just given that or did you get to pick it Uh, yeah eventually they let you start picking your number yeah or at least narrowing narrowing it down between a couple jerseys that are at the bottom of the box right right right. (laughs) yeah you were a single digit number on your softball team last year you were six right Uh, six nine well i think so the first year i ever played i was three oh okay then so no, because so travel softball was, um, I think that was like twenty seven or twenty six or something like that. Yeah, I think you were like forty six or something or forty seven. Yeah, well, yeah, one on of the travel those team. numbers that's not that's yeah. a double digit. I remember it was a double digit. Yeah. Um, and then I think last year rec would have been. You said it was like a. I think it was like four. Yeah, yeah, it was four. Were you number four? Because yeah, I, I remember, so. I remember, I was counting up. Mm-hmm. I noticed that I had three the year before and four the next year. Right. But anyway, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I never had a sports number. Huh. You, you didn't really do sports with numbers. No, jersey no. numbers. No, because I was on the bowling team and uh, we didn't get jerseys. Yeah. We just got polos. You can be, well, yeah. You can basically, team. and you can tell who's who. yeah. dad. Really? I was bowling? on the bowling team. Yeah. yeah. And we we won the That's right. Yeah. The Scholar Athlete Award because we were the team in New York State, the the singular sports team in all of New York State that had the highest combined GPA grade point average of all the of all the players on the team. And I was a part of that team. There's a banner Can that hangs in the high school gym. It's still in Mayfield High School to this day. Congratulations. Yeah. We were some smart bowlers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a large cliche. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't great bowlers, but we were very smart. <laughs> As bowlers go, at least. Uh, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Jason, do you have a some sort of an update for us tonight? Something, well, some, some news, some science, something like that? Something? It's, um, I mean, less of an update because it comes around every year. Um but we've got Easter coming up. Oh, right. If you guys know yeah. about that. I've heard of it. Actually, uh, one of the mechanics, I was like picking up my car. Mm-hmm. must have been late last week. Mm-hmm. And he uh, wished me a happy Easter. Wow. Which I don't think anyone's ever like yeah. out in public wished me a happy Easter. I had to yeah, check yeah. to see if I was like wearing my 
clergy collar. Right. It's like, why yeah. is this guy wishing me a happy Easter? Yeah. He's just excited about the resurrection, I guess. I guess so, <laughs> yeah. You know, springtime, you know, rejuvenation gets the yeah. juices flowing. Or maybe falling. he's just excited about his candy. I had just paid him a bunch of money for fixing my car. See? So he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to have a happy Easter. Yeah, right. He's going right to the store to buy some ham. Going to get some honey baked ham. <laughs> yeah. After this guy's get the ham. Hyundai fell apart. Anyway, uh, so the first Sunday, Easter is the first Sunday after the full moon uh, that occurs on or after the spring equinox. Ah. It's kind of a mouthful, but okay. that's how we get the Easter date, which is. Lila, why your spring break is sometimes all over the place because Easter is always falling on a different day. Yeah, it's also the same week as my mom's birthday. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's cool because then that also. Wait, what day is Easter this year? The ninth. Oh, so that would be ninth. <laughs> Three days before my mom's that's birthday. Right. Yeah. So that, the thing that's kind of cool about that is that also sets when. Lent begins, mm-hmm. which means it sets when Ash Wednesday is. Yep, and it also sets when Mardi Gras, right, as well. <laughs> right, Fat so, Tuesday, and yeah, Ash Wednesday, yeah. So all three Mardi of Gras. those holidays, you know, and Good Friday, of course. So all all of those, you know, sort of special days, actually all revolve around the moon, essentially. You right, know, how that how, where that full moon falls, yeah. which is really cool. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of I mean it's a time of year when we just need like special things to be happening yeah this whole yeah. section while we we're like waiting for spring to come i know i know so this is yeah a- fat tuesday ash wednesday yeah. good friday easter yep. yeah let's do it all yeah i've actually been i've been thinking about that a little bit how you know because easter's the same day all over the world so they're in different seasons you know in different oh, parts yeah. of the world obviously but where we are it fits really well with you know sort of new life yeah. and sort of regeneration right. of the world around you and, you know, all that, like the waking up of the planet, you right. know, it fits really well. But then I, I always think like, cause we grew up in this part of the world. Yeah. So it's like some, but for other people, Easter like happens. winter is coming. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, it's just always nice no matter what, where they are. Right, right, so it's yeah. like, it's not like spring, a place where they don't have like a spring season, you know, that's true. Or spring comes in a different part of the year or something, you know, it's I interesting feel to think like about that. Where we live, like everyone always thinks of Easter as like, so like happy and fresh and flowers are always like in Easter pictures that you see, usually there's like flowers or grass or, right. and yeah. like, we put that fake grass stuff in our Easter baskets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and there's, like, on all the Easter stuff, it's always, like, um, like spring-themed almost. Like, right. we mm-hmm. basically revolve our Easter's around spring. Yeah. And, like, like you just said, it's the same time all around the world. And, well, like... You know what I mean? Right, right. Easter is, falls at the same time all over the world, so it must be, like, strange. Well, for us, it would be strange to have, like, Easter in winter. Mm-hmm. But for the people who have that, it wouldn't be strange. Yep, exactly. That's kind of what I've been thinking about a lot. So it's interesting. Oh, one, uh, one year, uh, my church has a, lucky enough to have, a, like, a lake right behind it, so we do a, and the... It faces east, so the sun rises over the lake. Oh, yeah. We do a sunrise service out there. Um, but a few years ago, Easter was April 1st. 
It's like oh, wow. a, about as early as it can be. Yeah. And it was snowing. It was like there were flurries in the air. Yeah. While we were out there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I didn't quite feel the uh, the resurrection. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, new life sort of feeling right. that morning. Yeah. Sometimes it's very cold. Yeah. Easter. Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to the mind of the middle schooler. All right, Lai, what do you got for us tonight? Today, I'm going to be talking about relaxation. Ooh, nice. Ah, <laughs> sounds great. So. I was just at, at yoga last night. It was very relaxing. Mm. almost <laughs> fell asleep twice. You see, that's sort of what I'm going to be talking about. I'm okay, going to be great. talking about all the different ways that different people, like, can relax themselves and like the ways that I can relax myself and this could also tie into listener communication if you want to like leave an email about like how you like to relax yourself and stuff like that nice um and eat eat Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> that always puts me right to sleep <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, I, oh, you weren't asking me, were you? Yeah, I, I, I didn't ask. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so, um, a lot of, like, the most popular ways, at least around here, to, like, relax yourself is a lot of people like taking a warm bath. Mm. Um, I mean, an obvious one is probably napping, but then, I mean, that's kind of basically... Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Laying down, let's just say that because napping isn't really yeah. relaxing because you're you're not awake. I'm confusing myself. Anyway, <laughs> um, another way you can relax yourself is uh like reading a book. A lot of people like to read books when they're like they need like relaxation. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of people just um, there's a lot of different ways you can use, like, scents, actually, okay. to yeah, relax yeah. yourself. Like, candles mm-hmm. or, like, incense or something, which mm-hmm. is definitely filling the room right now. Um, <laughs> does it smell like incense? I haven't done it yeah. in a while. Oh, good. Yeah, it, like, whenever I walk into this room or even the basement, yeah. I can, like, smell that very strongly. And it is relaxing. What about bacon? The smell of bacon. Does that relax you? <laughs> Again, Do you want you don't want I my input. Ask. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> she still doesn't want my input. She didn't want it a minute ago, yeah, or she doesn't you, want you, it now. It's fine. You yeah. can still talk. Yeah. Oh, I can still talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just mute your mic. Yes, yes. <laughs> what? Okay. Um. Good thing the soundboard's closer to me. <laughs> She'd have me muted. <laughs> Let me speak. Okay. So another way is like, um. Yeah, like I said, you can use scents. Like, um, another, like, a really good one is essential oils. Oh, okay. Um, which, there's different ways to use them. You can just, like, rub them into your skin or your hands mm-hmm. and, like, wave them around the room. Or you could, um, you could put it in, like, a diffuser. Yeah. And have it, like, spray warm mist. Mm-hmm. Um, but then one of the ones that I use a whole lot and I love so much, and I'm sure everyone in the room could agree, even though there are only 200 people in the room. Um, <laughs> um, probably the best way that I relax myself is by music. Oh, yeah. So Because I was going to ask you what way you like to relax the best. 
yeah. it's, it's music. That's okay. It's music, yeah. So, like, there's a lot of um, really relaxing um, songs that I like to listen to. Like, like there's like deep sleep sort of music and like slow calming music. Slow but jams. That's what I like to listen uh, to. Okay. Um, yeah, I. That's more <laughs> like lo-fi. Oh, okay. But like, I like that, but. Um, it's not like what people would normally think would be for relaxation. I will get to that, Dad. I will get to that. Um, <laughs> but so, like, there, there's all that like deep sleep, calming, relaxing stuff, which that like does really help. But any music can help with relaxation. Like, like Dad was just talking about lo-fi. Lo- lo- I love lo-fi music. Yeah, me um, too. One because it's so fly. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> 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 um, and like any music, like basically relaxes me. I could listen to pop music or like rock. No, not rock. But um, I could listen to like any kind of music basically and be relaxed. Um, and yeah, it just music is like a great way to like uh, to like make yourself feel like fresh and relaxed and yeah. stuff. And I have one suggestion. I think I suggested this in a previous episode, probably like 18 episodes ago. But um <laughs> um I have requested this before. Um the artist Aquanimous. Oh, right. Yes, you have. Um, good, like I said, deep sleep and lo-fi music. Definitely something that me and my father definitely love. Um, if you're looking for, like, relaxation or just, like, happiness or calmness or, like, anything, <coughs> it's uh, he's the perfect artist to listen to. Um, can you do the spelling? Yeah. Um, well, I'll put a link in the show notes. Oh, okay, because I cannot spell that name. It's like E-Q-U, whatever. <laughs> oh, you got the first three. That's good. <laughs> E-Q-U-A-M-I-N-O-U-S? Yeah, there you go. I got it? Yeah, enter the spelling bee. Oh. I'm not sure that's a word on the thing, but. Some guy's name. <laughs> yeah, it's his, like, his artist name. Yeah. 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 All right. Great. Well, thank you, Lila, for sharing the different re- relaxation techniques. Mm. And don't us. forget, you can write in listener communications about what you'd like to do to relax yourself. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Uh, and do you have a question for Lila tonight? I do. All right, Lila. I here do. you go. Let's Your big moment. It. Well, and it's kind of, um, I, that's not really a question. I kind of want you to, I'm going to give you three different words. And for each word, just say, give me like the first thought that pops in your head. Ah, okay. They're not like bacon. <laughs> Smell. <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Mom's cooking. Oh, wow. Mouth water. No, 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 I was just, I was saying what I was thinking. Oh, you know. <laughs> the first word is community. Um, well, the first thing I thought of was church because okay. um, my dad talks about the church community a lot. Mm. <laughs> um, Sounds like a minister. Yeah. <laughs> Ministers, wow, minister I, speak. I could never imagine that. <laughs> I really couldn't. Um, but anyway, um, 
the first thing that pops into my head is church because it's like a big hole. It it's if you go to a church, you'll know what I mean. It, it it's like a big one big family. Okay. Um, cause like usually if you've like gone for a while or even like not very long, you'll probably know most of the people who regularly go there. Um, and like for me, when I go to church, I have like, um, a ton of friends there. Like, um, when it's coffee hour, we have like a coffee hour after service. Um, when it's coffee hour, like. I'll go up to people. I like. I could talk to them about anything. I can like hug them. It's like it's it's fun. It's great. And then the other thing is just like a town, basically, like a the town or a city is like also a community. Okay. What about the word pleasure? The first thing that comes to mind. Smile. <laughs> Smile. <laughs> so <Bacon>. when like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with bacon again. <laughs> So, um, like, when you have pleasure, you're often, like, smiling. Mm. Or also, like, something satisfying or almost, like, ASMR. Um, what? <laughs> ASMR, I don't know, like, I don't know, I don't know what it stands for. I think it might stand for something. Yeah. But I lo- I've looked it up before. It means, like, something, like, relaxing. I, I see you looking it up over there. Autonomous sensory meridian response. Oh, it's automatic. Uh, yes, autonomous sensory mer- meridian response is a tingling sensation that usually begins on the scalp and moves down the back oh, oh, of yeah, the neck okay. and like upper spine. A pleasant form of paresthesia. Huh. We've been compared with auditory tactile synesthesia. Like if you're, uh, and they overlap with frisson, frisson, frisson. Like if you're watching your niece that. in Frozen Junior singing, Aww. that kind of Aww. thing happens. Or going to going to a movie like we did today. That was fun, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, and the third word is walking. Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> got to walk off the bacon. <laughs> I ate some bacon. Now I got to go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Or I'm going to die in a pile <laughs> of bacon, <laughs> preferably. <Yep. laughs> There's worse ways to go. And then be baked into bacon. <laughs> but anyway, um, walking, probably one of my memories um, is walking with, um, well, I have two that come to mind. Um, one of me walking with my dad. Um, it was during winter. I think I don't really remember much, but um, I feel like uh, whenever we go on walks, I always have this memory of us, like, right, like, on our same road. We could look back and see the house. We're basically right next to our house. And, um, uh, and, um, we're like probably like maybe ten yards away from our like the start of our driveway, and um, we're going like there's this one direction that I always remember going. Um, so I remember that with my dad, and I remember that with my mom and my dog. Oh, okay. All and right. so that's what I remember when I'm when when you say the word walking. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing. That's awesome. Nice to hear those thoughts. 
Thank you, Lila. I appreciate you being on uh, the podcast tonight for the mind of the middle schooler. <laughs> and uh, you better uh, head off to bed. It's a little bit uh, later than your normal bedtime. So. All right. All right. Thanks for being with us on the show, and we'll uh, talk to you next time. All right. Bye. Later. Bye. Don't ever say later again. All right. I won't say later again. <laughs> <laughs> you can say later with yeah. another word after it. Right, right, right. right. You can say later bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Later. <laughs> oh, she got you with the bacon there. That was pretty good. <laughs> the bacon, yeah, yeah. It was like a f- father-daughter uh, trap. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, or, that that always kind of reminds me of like a children's message. Like when I <laughs> when I have to ask her, it's like, okay, so we're gonna talk about this thing that I'm gonna talk yeah. about in like ten minutes with other people. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> You're going to leave after I talk about right, yeah. it. She's going off to Sunday school right but, now. Yeah. <laughs> She's giving herself Sunday school in her bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Music of the spheres time yeah. for herself. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> so how you doing? Holding together on, uh, on Holy Week here, huh? Yeah. It's, I mean. Busy that, season for ministers. That's yeah. true. I mean, I've, I feel like it hasn't started yet. I mean, mm-hmm. the actual services themselves. Right. I mean, we had We had Palm Sunday. Right, but that's right. that's just kind of like another Sunday. Yeah, um, yeah. There was yeah. a year, actually, maybe two years, where I did, uh, like a prayer service, like a vigil every night. Oh, every night of of Holy Week. Yeah, and um, it was fun, but it was a lot. And every you know, every night at like seven seven thirty, right, you know, to be at the church and do a little thing. You know, so we didn't. You know, people didn't really come for those. You know, yeah, it ended up being. Like Wednesday night was great. We had a lot of people because it was choir, and that was it. You know, <laughs> right, yeah, like, yeah. The choir came, but um, but yeah. So we just do the Thursday night now, mm-hmm. and then Sunday. So yeah, yeah, yeah. One year uh, went around to different churches with my uh, well Garrett, um, one of our friends, and uh, we just like played these songs that are kind of for like each day. Uh huh. Um, so like Monday of Holy Week and yeah, but we thought it'd be fun to like crash other, uh, classes churches. Oh yeah. Yeah. We went to your church. Oh, nice. Uh, I think Sharon just kind of like let, let me in. So. Oh, right. I remember what you guys do like take video of it or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It was I like, I remember that. Yeah. It yeah. was before, before COVID feels mm-hmm. like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But that was kind of fun. Yeah. But yeah, was- we, we just do the Thursday service and. Used to be a Scotia crosswalk on Good Friday, different stations of the cross. Oh, cool! Yeah, but that hasn't happened since the pandemic. So right, right. Yeah, I, d- I went to a stations of the cross one time, which I thought was neat. You know, you mm-hmm. actually walked around the inside of a church. I just went to a random church in Schenectady. Okay. On a Good Friday, one time. Yeah, it was neat. Yeah, but cool. Um, yeah, Lyle and I went to a movie this afternoon. The Super Mario Brothers movie came oh, out. Oh yeah, today. Right, so we went. Right. We went to the first uh, showing okay. uh, at the local little cinema here. It was really fun. It was a fun. Mo- I haven't been to the movie theater in a long time. No, no, like twenty years. Yeah, the twenty last- years. Yeah, yeah. The last time I was in a movie theater for a movie was like one of the Lord Jurassic of Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the Lord of the Rings movies, the original three. Okay, yeah. the latest one was like two thousand one. It's been twenty years. Yeah, right. Yeah, wow, it's a long time. More than yeah, so twenty something. Well, years. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's the twentieth anniversary of the Return of the King, so two thousand three. Yep, I think yeah. it's when I went. Yep. Wow, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was that fun. like a fun movie. I mean, it's a great. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I recommend it. You know, anybody who's ever played, you know, any Mario Nintendo games, right. it's Which, like shouldn't it's, that be like the entire human population? That's why. Yeah, it's like so. You know, when we were kids, we played video games and you know ate tater tots, and now as an adult, you can go watch a movie about your video games, and then most restaurants have tater tots now. <laughs> it's right. amazing. It's like all the stuff that was like you know just kid stuff when you were a kid now is like adult stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's funny the way that that stuff works. <laughs> it's like every place has tater tots now, you know? Well, yeah. Because like everybody that ate tater tots as a kid is grown up now and they'll they'll pay for them in a restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we also though grew up with Hot Pockets. I don't see like restaurants serving those anywhere. Yes, yes. They're called paninis. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> they just fancy up okay, the name. Okay, I see. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how, yeah, and you know, lunchables. You've seen that where the uh, charcuterie, right, like, right, because right. we're the lunchable generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody likes charcuterie That's now. Why we it's like just our, lunchables. Yeah. yeah. Somebody's in the back just cracking open lunchables and putting on a really nice cutting board. <laughs> I saw charcuterie spelled out phonetically in a menu uh, today. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like people don't know how to say it. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody knows how to say Did it. Did it use the word shark at the beginning? Like the <laughs> shark. The, the swims. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Um, so I, I don't think we have a listener communication. I don't have a, um, an email. However, I do have, um, I do have a text message actually, um, from our friend, uh, who has emailed from the yoga studio uh, Mm a couple of different times. Um, and, uh, I guess last week we were, um, we were confused on the, the the word about what it means when you're when you go back in time and you mess up the past, right? And then you oh right, we couldn't you know, think and of then it. It screws like up your future. Paradox that you're or yeah, yeah. Whatever. So she confirmed she must have been listening today because she just randomly texted me out of the blue. It is paradox. Okay. And I did not get it for a long time. Like, why did she text me that? I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> That's an awesome way to text yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. It was. I was like, uh, it is a paradox that you sent me this text because we had been texting earlier in the day, but that was like several hours prior to that. And then all of a sudden, just boom, it is paradox. I was like, I did not know what that meant for the longest it time. It is and I was, paradox. Yeah, and I was I like, love that. I was like doing stuff, so I didn't look. I didn't. I didn't uh, have time to write write back and be like, what was? What did you mean by that? And then yeah, later, but, she texted about something from the episode that she was listening to okay um and uh and so she said this uh, for the miracle question it totally sounds like what i'm experiencing right now through a spiritual awakening um which is really cool um huh. and uh yeah so she answered the miracle question for herself you know as oh, interesting so yeah so we have uh we have listeners out there that are you know connecting with the show and I, and i don't know if if did you see anything on the social medias to try to make that uh, make that transition here smoothly? But um, <laughs> she she's uh, I I shot a video last night at the yoga studio after, after oh, yeah? Yin Yoga last night where I almost fell asleep several times. It's like <laughs> it's like Yin was just so relaxing last night. Yeah, um, and I almost fell asleep a couple times. But uh, afterwards, um, the instructor of the class who just texted me, um, she shot a video it's just a little promotional video that they're going to use for the studio social media so they're just interviewing different students about oh, cool. what their experience is like and you know what what advice would they give to people to you know for coming to the oh, show great. or coming to the studio and uh so she sent the video to me today and she's going to post it and she said she's going to connect up with our 
podcast social media. So okay, like you can repost it or whatever one she does. Oh great, so, yeah, yeah. I haven't that. looked at the the podcast social media today. Yeah, it might. She might have done it already, or yeah. or not. I'm not sure okay. exactly when she's going to go ahead and do it, but um, but it'll be cool because it you know kind of links up and um, you know me talking about stuff that we've talked about on the show. And yeah. And talking about you know giving somebody the explorer pass, which is what I gave you to go to the sto- go to the studio, oh yeah you know so which I think your time is coming right time is coming up soon when you can I think so yeah when you're gonna come and start doing some yoga with us yeah yeah oh yeah we have messages oh look at that yeah there you go her social media guru over here Jason has got some messages on the, that's right uh, on the socials which is cool. I texted Jordan too, but I wonder if we could explore the miracle question through the lens of psychedelics. Hmm. Um, though science is just catching up to the effects psychedelics can do, this has always been a known fact within indigenous communities around the world. Um, and then there's actually a, looks like a podcast. Oh, is that our, is that our podcast? There's a link. I'm going to click oh, on Oh, cool. It. Cool. See what happens. All right. Oh, uh, a link to a podcast. Another one. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, she, yeah, she mentioned that to me, too. And I think, you know, definitely, um, you know, the, the idea of, uh, of sort of manipulating your own reality, right? That. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about it not only in like with meditation, right? But getting into this space where, you know, you're in you're in connection with the the big C consciousness, you mm-hmm. know, like the consciousness that all of our consciousness is rooted in. Yeah. That's what happens when you go into meditation or like a very deep state, but you know, when you get good at it, right? Which is really what the 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 initial, you know, yogis were all about was, mm-hmm. you know, using the the practice of yoga for that you know, sort of as a means to an end of, of getting deeper into meditation. Yeah. Right? Um, but then, you know, we saw similarities between, you know, psychedelics and what, what those can do. And they've kind of been, you know, psychedelics has been, you know, sort of just labeled as, as you know, drugs in our culture mm-hmm. and given a, you know, because of that sort of lumped in with other things that are, you know, a little bit, you know, if you're talking about pharmaceutical stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's more dangerous or whatever, right? <clears throat> right. And so... This idea of, you know, sort of opening up to this larger, this big C consciousness, as, as Dean Radin would, would put it, mm-hmm. right? That that allows you to uh, have a better understanding of you know, sort of where you fit and where you are and what yeah. you're connected to. And it might have a similar effect as, you know, sort of going through the process of answering the miracle question. I think that's what she was what she was talking about. Yeah. Right? The idea of... You know, when you ask a miracle question, you're trying to really trying to reframe someone's mm-hmm. understanding of their their you know worldview and self view and how that all comes together, yeah. right? So that they you know they might see things in a different way or mm-hmm. through a different lens, right? And so the, a similar thing might happen through meditation. A similar thing might happen through psychedelics. And she talks about indigenous cultures, like. Mm-hmm. You know, sh- shamans in in all kinds of different cultures throughout the years have been the keepers of you know particular recipes for how to you know find certain plants that you know that culture grew up around and were able to use them for you yeah. know seeing or for healing or 
for whatever it might be. So yeah, I think yeah, I think it's definitely a, a something that could be linked. Oh, we were talking about uh, we were talking about this in a clinical meeting um, at internship a couple months ago. Like clients who want to or have even already used uh, psychedelics to kind of as a part of their you know treatment, mm-hmm. um, or who are curious about it and like clinicians really kind of being versed in it yeah. to know like what to you know how to have the conversation sure that clients want to have sure um, and then i mean it kind of came up in uh in the sports world when it was not this year but last year aaron Rodgers um took ayahuasca oh yeah um you know i don't i don't know if it was like in tea form or i don't know exactly how yeah yeah how he took it but to kind of right again like open up his yeah this year he tried that all that darkness retreat i think is yeah what yeah. he tried four days i don't right. know if he lasted but yeah he's an interesting who knows yeah he's, he's trying to find yeah. deeper truths yeah for sure <laughs> i feel like ayahuasca could use a better like you know yeah better like man. pitch man yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, i think so too yeah. just, he's so yeah yeah he's just he kind a, of he's kind of pretentious about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. Uh, but yeah, really interesting. Um, yeah, world that's that is open to people. Right. Yeah, that's no, cool. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you um, to to Lua for sharing that yeah. with us. We appreciate that, and um, you'll eventually. I'm sure you'll get to get to meet Lua when you come to the studio. Yeah, um, he'll probably end up in in uh, one of her classes. I'm sure. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. it'll be great. Um, so speaking of that, kind of segues us in. Is there anything else to say on the social stuff? Um, while I, um, while I grab some yeah. beers, yeah. So uh, we're this is in the midst of three doing three episodes in uh, in like one week in eight days. Um, so it's kind of been uh, kind of been nothing, and then everything all at once. So apologies about that, but um, we're we're kind of uh, back on on schedule at this point. Um, I guess the uh, the winter was always bound to uh, throw some roadblocks and you know it's like a metaphor like icy roads and yeah yeah snow days and right right you know exactly and yeah. now it's now it's the uh, it's after the spring equinox mm-hmm. we've had a full moon and now we can have Easter yep um, and uh, and everything's kind of coming back to life so yep. it's music of the spheres podcast exactly right, there you go so love it we'll uh, we'll be a more consistent present on. Present, yes. presence. We are we are a gift that keeps keeps on giving. Uh, sometimes uh, not as regularly as yes. we would like. We are God's gift to social media and podcasting. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. in our in our own diaries. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's time for the beer of the week. So, thank you, Jason. Um, you have brought us Milwaukee's best. Ice, ice, <laughs> yeah, which is great. Ice beer, that's so cool. Because no, I mean, um, so I, I, my guess would be that you know, to the uninitiated, um, <laughs> ice would be a term that where they would think, um, right, that, that this beer is just really cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's the logical conclusion, right? I right. Because you know, remember, like Coors Light started coming out with that like cold brewed technology or whatever that that slogan for like it was <laughs> right. It was yeah. a whole marketing campaign. It's not now. It's just that the mountains turn blue. Yeah. You know, but for a while it was like you know, 
you know, frost brood or something like that, you know? I mean, it's kind of like a half-truth, right? Because it's a lager. Well, that's the thing, right? So all lagers are brewed more cold than <laughs> right. ales, right? So they're all, like, you know, relatively cold brewed, right? It's not cold, <laughs> you know? Like, there's no, there's no yeast that right. I mean, ferments at, like, near freezing. It's kind of like know? a balmy, like, what, what is it, like, 60? What does it ferment at? I, uh, I mean, lagers are anywhere... You know, primary fermentation are in the usually in the fifties somewhere, and then okay. they lager usually around forty. Oh, okay. you know, so they're lagering, lagering. You know, definitely down near freezing, closer to sure. freezing. But you know, the actual brewing process. Uh, but that's not what ice beer is. So, okay, I didn't even. Yeah, I, I literally thought they just wanted me to think it's cold. No, no, no. So you, you, yeah, this is ice beer. So if you look at it; it's a little bit higher alcohol content. Oh, really? Yeah, see, five point nine percent. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, gonna be a fun podcast. Right, right. It's a good thing it's your week to present, um, <laughs> not mine. Um, but yeah, so what they do with um, ice beer is that they actually do freeze it, uh, or, or to some degree. You know, I'm sure they have different technologies now where they're able to just create some ice crystals that they can draw out of the beer. You know, but but it is it is literally reducing the water content. Of, of the beer okay. by freezing it and removing the ice. And then you just have a higher... Con- so this is like constant beer concentrate. Oh, is what ice beer is, really. Like, it's a very mild. It's not like syrup right, beer, right, right. But it's like, it's yes, it's slightly concentrated beer through the act of freezing and removing ice from it. So that's what ice, wow. that's what ice beer is. All right. Yeah. And it was like... Somebody came up with the idea because they left some beer outside and it got cold... But they really wanted a beer, and then they poured it, you know, and some of the ice stayed in whatever vessel. Oh, sure. You know? And then they're like, they got messed up a little faster. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, let's do that again. <laughs> it's pretty much like the the history of beer. Every time, you know, some innovation was made in, in, in beer, it was usually like some, you know, mistake or something was done slightly differently because they had to. And people are like, ooh, we like this, you know. I'll right. tell you the IPA story someday, you know, kind of thing. But. Okay. But there you go. That's what ice beer is. Yeah. And so that's what they're doing, um, which is why all ice beers are going to be have a little bit of a higher alcohol content. So Milwaukee's, it wasn't the ice. It was the light. It was the first the first beer I tasted. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. sip. Of, right, right. A little sip of mom and dad's. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that's what dad had in the fridge. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which I realize why, because it was like. Five bucks. Well, back then it was probably like three bucks for yeah, a, yeah. a twelve pack. You know, yeah, like, exactly. Well, this is I. You know, tried to support these three rotten children. And <laughs> like, this is all. This is all I can get. But yeah. it hits the spot. Right. Right. When you have three rotten children, that's, <laughs> you just need anything. To you don't need there. the ice. You just need <laughs> anything. All right. So this is our first ice beer on the show, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I had no idea. I thought I was. Is it still gonna? Is it still a yellow beer? Even or yeah, like, yeah. It might be slightly darker, but I, not by much. <laughs> I wouldn't think. So is it? Um, is it kind of wasteful? Or not wasteful, but no. I'm sure like, they. I'm sure they repurpose that water. I mean, okay. Breweries of this size, you know, oh, major sure. macro breweries like this, they have to be so efficient with stuff like their water usage. Okay, I'm sure they find a way to repurpose. The water that's taken out in the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to, I mean, obviously distilling it like b- by boiling would 
you know, would ruin all of the flavor compounds. So freezing is a more gentle way to do it. So, so you just took the first sip and you're making a funny face. What do you? Well, it's got that Milwaukee's flavor. Like, I don't know. It tastes like, unfortunately, like my childhood. Not in a, <laughs> not in a bad way. <laughs> How much of this beer did you taste with mom and dad? Like once I was out of the house, did you guys just hang around eating eating pizza and drinking beasts all the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I turned 12 and it was like we were in Germany. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> Welcome to the family. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. I don't want to throw my parents under the under the bus. But I I do remember just like the very sort of like mm-hmm. I remember it kind of having a fairly I used to describe it as like metallic. Right. I don't know. Yeah. And that still kind of seems more more present than other beers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean and that's that's part of that. It's actually a flavor compound in beer is, you know, um, metallic and usually comes from some sort of iron content in the water itself, you know, and a little bit of it. Obviously, you want some, you know, mineral content in your mm-hmm. in your water for brewing. It's actually helps with the flavor profile. It's, you know, good for the yeast. It helps, you know, balance out the way the hops come through and all that yeah. stuff. Um, but, it, you know, if you're depending on what your water profile is, you can actually end up with a slightly more metallic character. Which people always blame on being in a can. Yeah. But that's not actually what it is. No, you don't you don't get metallic flavor from a can. You just think about all the really great all craft the other, beers yeah. in cans now. <laughs> yeah. They don't taste like metal at all. No. Right. So it's not the can. It's the actual liquid itself. You know, it's usually the water profile. And I get that. I get that a little bit here. Yeah. A little bit. It would make sense because, you know, they're concentrating out some of the Stuff so you're gonna have stronger flavors all the way uh-huh. across. This yeah, beer. yeah. It's funny. I mean, I, maybe it's just my brain telling me that it's stronger, mm-hmm. just because I remember it. Well, well, it does have that. I mean, it's got that sharper finish though, too. Yeah, you feel that? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's got definitely got that like sharper. It is almost a little bit syrupy, not not in thickness, but but in the the concentrated sweetness of it. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, then a little bit of a. Yeah, a little bit of bite from the alcohol content. So. Yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee's best ice. <laughs> it was funny, yeah. too, the the story of buying this. So I bought it right before I came here. And uh, a person who goes to my church was in the same yeah. little, <laughs> little convenience store seeing me buy this yeah. Yeah. six-pack at yeah. nine on a Wednesday yeah. of Holy Week. Of Holy Week, yeah. It's like yeah. thinking like, right. oh, man, this is my, this is my pastor. He's... You're having a good week, aren't you? <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> and I was already late because they were like kids getting ice cream after a baseball game and stuff. Yeah. And so I was like waiting in line. I yeah. was like, I I want to tell her the you know anecdote of like I'm buying this for the yeah. podcast. Yeah, with yeah. My oh, brother. it's not for me. It's for- that, yeah, right. <laughs> it's for my brother. You know him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's having a bad Holy Week. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. not me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just kind of smiled and. Ran away. Yeah. <laughs> With my Milwaukee's best nights. Smile and I'd be like, yes, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> yeah, that happens. I have a friend that his his beverage of choice is All Day IPA from Founders. Oh, right? well, um, lovely so, choice. Yeah, it's yeah. a good beer. You know, I I, I like it. Um, and it's great because it's only 4.7% alcohol, right? So it's an easy drinking all all day beer, right? So Yeah, lighter than this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and... So whenever, like, you know, whenever I'm at his house for, like, a campfire or something, he'll give me, you know, a few beers. So I always feel bad. I want to repay him back. So I'll go and buy 
you know, a 15 pack all day IPA at Stewart's every now and then mm-hmm. and drop it off at his house. Or if I'm going over there, sometimes I'll bring him a, a 15 pack just to, you know, even up. And uh, it's like invariably I've got all my brewery gear on, like Wolf Hollow stuff. And oh, yeah. there's Wolf Hollow beer at the store that I'm stopping at, right. you know, but I'm buying this 15 pack of all day IPA. And like, people, you know, see me like, well, you're not going to buy your own beer. What are you, you sneaking out so you can have some other beer? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I gotta like make up some story, you know. Yeah. Like, no, it's not for me. It's for my friend. And everybody looks at me like, just tell me the truth, man. You just want to drink all day IPA, not your own all day. <laughs> People trying to solve the crime of yeah of passion. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly it doesn't exist. No. no. So, all right. So, what do you think of this? Do you like ice beer? I mean, it's definitely you can you can tell it's stronger and it's and it's um, it is darker in color too. It's it is a little yeah. bit more yellow. Yeah, right. A little bit more of that dark darker yellow color. Yeah, and you know, I think this summer we should try a few different ones because yeah, um, it definitely is high on the metallic side. I'm definitely mm-hmm. getting that. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe which I don't a, usually in in like light adjunct lagers. It's usually, a Milwaukee's thing, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it yeah. might just be the they might do it on purpose because that's the flavor that they originally had with the water they were using. Right. I mean, a lot of these breweries now you could, you know, they can they could make any beer. Right. Because the you know different brewing techniques have, have advanced so much, and you know the understanding of what creates flavor profiles. But mm-hmm. when these brands originated, they didn't have as much, so they were just like, "We're just using the water that we have right. that's coming yeah. into the brewery, and this is we're not changing it as much because we're just using the water we have." And then as the brands get popular, they want to keep yeah. the flavor the same, so they might actually be adding, you know, minerals that mm-hmm. create that flavor to keep it there. Right. Because it's what people are used to. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's amazing seeing, like, I know Wolf Hollow's done it. A couple other, I've seen a couple other local breweries, like, show on their social media, like, a um, beer flavors test day. Like, yeah. Right? Someone comes mm-hmm. in and kind mm-hmm. of gives you all these different flavors and mm-hmm. tells you what's happening. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, oh, there's like a, there's like a graham cracker, like, biscuity sweetness to this. I just got it, yeah. Is that the, uh, because on the side it says, um, yeah, corn syrup is used as part of the brewing process. Yep. Is that kind of, yeah, they just, again, that's so, you know, like if you buy a soda, they add high fructose corn syrup to make it taste sweeter. What they're doing in the brewing process is they're adding it as a fermentable that the yeast is going to actually consume. Because it's a little cheaper than, you know, putting, like, actual grains into mm-hmm. the beer, you know? So they do a blend. Yeah. They'll put... Because it just says on here barley, right? So they'll do barley. Mm-hmm. But they'll also mix in some other stuff, too. Yeah. So they... But, I, yeah, I, you're you're right. I mean, the that, like, graham cracker flavor probably would not be coming out if it wasn't ice. Yeah. Right? It would probably just slip past us. Right, right. Yeah, it's just more concentrated. Yeah. Mm. It's neat. Maybe we should make an ice beer. I don't know how we do it. Can't get a beer that cold. <laughs> you can't just put ice in it. No, <laughs> yeah. it has the opposite effect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, great. Thanks for bringing some ice beer to the yeah. studio. That was I cool. had no idea. Was well, I've learned a lot. <laughs> or have you? Maybe I just made all that up. <laughs> I just... Somebody will email us. Yes, yes, they won't. <laughs> I dare you to email us. You won't do it. 
<laughs> I, th- I don't think anyone else knows about ice beer as much as you do. <laughs> I'm so gonna try. They're not gonna be. I'm gonna start trying reverse psychology on the emailing crowd. <laughs> yeah, right. Draw something yeah. out. Don't you yeah. email the show? Yeah, you Whatever thought you I do. wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Click, click, click. <laughs> They're gonna show me. All right. Um, thank you, Jason, for uh, for sharing some beer. We're gonna take a short break, and then we'll be back with Jason's topic for the night. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll be right back. music writer oh yeah that'd Isn't be that fun thing? huh it's like really i mean it's exactly what what you need oh well, thanks yeah it is it's good like bumper music a little that one's got a little pep in it uh, yeah step, i like that one you know it's bouncy yeah. yeah just uh you know get your foot tapping while you yeah there's like a thing car. that's going like woo, 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 woo. yeah 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 right yeah 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 it's just a little uh square lead synth sound okay know, with a little bit of slide on it which yeah. i like yeah. yeah i like it i like how it just like it's not like it's subtle mm-hmm. i like that yeah but it's still there right you know kind of like the metallic flavor yeah in, in, in milwaukee's <laughs> best ice <laughs> well in all i guess in all of milwaukee's yeah yeah just a, yeah exactly yeah. Uh, something rich water uh, <laughs> filled with iron yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know um so this is what section is this of this book three i think this is the because i did an intro yeah yeah so this is intro and then we did part one part two yeah yeah so part three awesome um and she kind of she calls it five hours a month okay um so like this is the nature fix book the nature fix book uh so kind of the underlying current um, that I'm noticing now that I'm f- like further into the book is, uh, you know, she does, she keeps doing a lot of like similar studies, um, yeah. in different places around the world. Um, you know, with heart rate and cortisol levels and, um, you know, brain waves, the EEG machine, you know, electro, mm-hmm. um, things, uh, happening within the brain, um, and kind of, uh, doing a, 
getting a baseline and then going out into nature and kind of yeah seeing how it's right and usually the result right is like a, a positive impact yeah, yeah. but then so like that's kind of happening in every chapter yeah um so i've started to sort of like i don't really need to talk about that i guess because it's kind of like the same thing right right it's the same um, idea that so i was trying to like uh pick out how um how these sections are different okay um so that's why I was asking Lila those questions in the children's message portion of <laughs> <laughs> of this church service. Yeah, that we call a podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, in uh, in these three chapters of this section, uh, the first chapter really kind of made me think about community um, and our interaction with nature and kind of the community aspect of it with yeah. other people specifically. Okay, not like our um, you know, commune with nature, um, although that's happening too. But uh, can we do it together? Um, so that was that was kind of the first time she really sort of focused on that idea. Okay. Um, and then the next chapter was kind of looking at how to make it pleasurable, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's obviously it's something about it feels good in the in the previous chapters where we were in Japan and in Korea and yeah, um, in Utah, right? There was something. Um, awe-inspiring about it yeah but was it pleasurable as well so she goes into well uh, i mean that's that part where you have to if you want people to engage in it right you know like you have to have that like it's not just good for you you actually enjoy it too exactly like like anything to do with like you know health or wellness of any kind you know a lot of those things you know if, if it's not also something that you look forward to doing you're not going to you know like go to the gym you know or go to that go to that class or you know right like work on that particular exercise or whatever you might be doing you Mm -hmm. know we talk about that a lot with yoga like sometimes you know people have to I've, i've heard other students say like oh it's a struggle to you know just to get myself out of the house and come over here today but once i did i felt feel good about doing it you know it's like i've heard that from multiple people Mm -hmm. you know and i you know i felt that too it's like you know if it's morning class you know and i'm like yeah maybe i'll just sleep in a little bit you know and it's like so how do you make essentially how do you make all of this stuff more pleasurable than in sleeping in or being on your couch yeah you know because that's if you want people to engage that's right when you can't see the forest for the trees it's like yeah okay what how do i how do i see beyond this right right this warm bed (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) this delightful cup of coffee right, right. <laughs> yeah 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 as i miss many a college class that way <laughs> like yes bed is better than the class <laughs> stay right here <laughs> not so good for the grade no uh, no but, or the uh tuition bill <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry mom and dad <laughs> yep yep big old sorry there <laughs> Um. Yeah. So uh, she's in Finland for this oh, chap- chapter six. Really? Yeah. We're going to s- the Scandinavian. Countries. Which is funny because um, I just watched uh, the first episode of this show called "The Reluctant Traveler" with Eugene Levy. I don't know if you know him. No. Um. But from like, he's in a lot of the mockumentaries. Um. A Mighty Wind. About about folk music, a mockumentary. You've never seen that? No. Nope. Uh, Sorry. I think I think you would like it. I, I know you don't would. really watch movies, but although I did today, you did today a Super yeah. Mario. Yeah, yeah. Movie. 
Yeah. Um, best in show about you know, dog shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so he's he's uh, this Canadian guy doesn't really like to travel, but he's funny, and so they have him like go to all these different places. And yeah. in the first episode, he goes to Finland. Yeah. And you can really kind of see like in the book, you can see this lived out. Um, he starts meeting these people who really like they have relationships um with each other kind of because of the the way um people from Finland uh interact with the natural world around them. Okay. Yeah. Um so she gives a I'll kind of go through some of the the things um that she talks about here. There's a I'm going to say I didn't want to say this word. Um not because it's a bad word, but just because I can't pronounce it. Oh, I was thinking bacon when you said. Oh, bacon. Word. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know what these little, these two little dots over the a means when it's um, the Finnish language. Metsan pieto. Okay. Um, that trans- sounds believable to me. Trans <laughs> right. translates as being covered by the forest. Okay. Um, so they've kind of got this idea going. Uh, in their culture, um, okay. covered by the forest. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's trees covering 74% of the land uh, in Finland. Really? Yeah. It's the most forested country in Europe. Really? Which, I mean, makes sense why they would sort of have that. That is interesting to me. Covered by the forest sort of feel. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fairly, like, northern country, right? It's kind of... Oh yeah, like you know, like latitude wise, it's pretty pretty far to the north. Sure, you know, kind of that. So you uh, don't necessarily think of it as, as daylight like, all day or dusk. I mean, you spent time in in Alaska a little bit, right? Yeah, never never much. You though. didn't get the sense of the no, and it was in the it was in the it was both times that I went. One time was near the autumnal equinox, and the other time was near the spring equinox. Okay, so it's when things are evening out. Okay, so I never experienced that. Yeah. Because in winter it's like it's like really dark, and in summer it's uh-huh. like really bright, you know, or you get a lot of daylight and vice versa, right? You know, but when I was there, I was in the I was in the transitional period, so it was like here, right? I did, so I didn't ex- actually experience it because both times I went were the other one, you know, one or the other. Yeah, so there's a little bit of like, oh yeah, I mean, fin- yeah, Finland is way up there. Yeah, like having to get used to the yeah, um, a lot of daylight, so kind of getting used to living like that, but then a lot of darkness too so kind of yeah you can't spend all the the time inside right so you kind of have to right get used to the feeling of both of both of those um so uh for the finish she says nature is about expressing a close-knit collective identity okay um and part of that is it was uh it wasn't until the 60s and 70s that um, masses of people went to the cities in Finland. Oh, really? Um, so that's relatively um, recent, you know, in the grand scheme right. of time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, especially compared to other countries. Yeah. So she writes up, um, you know, just two generations removed from the land, because before that everybody was kind of living right. 
on the just kind of like dispersed out, and they didn't like the cities weren't right. The cities weren't really populated. a thing yet. Yeah, really. Yeah, so people yeah. were just little small, small, small gatherings, like oversized villages. Right. Of, yeah, out amongst the seventy-four percent of trees. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but that means that uh, you know, just two generations removed from the land, being a nation with few immigrants, nearly everyone still has a grandparent. Um, or a relative on a farm or a mm-hmm. woodlot. Yeah. So everybody has access, right, um, to something like that. Oh, right, right. From not everybody, but a big majority of right. people. The the um, family land, the family right, plot, yeah. you know, or wherever that. Right. The homestead up in the up in the forest. Yeah. Whatever you know, whatever yep. your culture would consider country or yeah, um, even rural, I guess. Yeah. Um, so um, Finland has five million people. And two million summer cottages. <laughs> so almost every family still has this sort of, she she says, nature-based anchor. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool to think about families um, gathering where nature is abundant. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like huh. part of their part of the norm for them. Right. Right. Um, and then she talks about sort of the. Uh, legal ideas they have there. Uh, virtually no such thing as trespassing. Um, Finnish law operates under the concept of, oh man, I, I really want to say this, but I really don't. Joka, no, I'm not going to say it. Uh, <laughs> a word that's basically like everyone's right, um, which kind of means that like anyone can traipse over anyone else's land. Right. Right. Um, you know, picking berries, mushrooms. Sure. Um, so it's kind of like the idea in, in our in our culture of of certain um, intellectual property that is public domain. Yeah. You know, like uh-huh. certain songs that, it, that don't have a copyright to them are considered public domain, either because they're super old or they're, there's no particular claimant to a copyright. Yeah. And so anybody can can use it commercially. You know, you can. Mm-hmm. You can perform it as a as a musician, or you can record it on your albums and not have to pay anybody rights or license fees or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so that would be a similar idea then, right? So like the land mm-hmm. is in public domain, kind of. You know, it's yeah. everybody's land. Yeah. The only thing you can't do is cut timber or hunt game. Hmm. Um, but nice. you can even like camp and make campfires. Right. Just like. Yep. As long as I the, guess seemingly in somebody's backyard. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Got any hot dogs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I, up up there, um, you know, in that episode with Eugene Levy, they were eating uh, eating reindeer. So that's something, too. Um, but basically, you can walk forever. And in a small country where everyone is kind of distant re- distantly related, this uh, sharing concept works. <laughs> um so they're uniquely devoted to forests um, and happy to study them. Yeah. Right, all 74% of <laughs> of their land. Um, and uh, they report increasing levels of stress kind of in the modern times, just like a lot of other folks from different countries. Yeah. Um, so the uh, Na- National Recreation Survey... Um, mentioned long-distance ice skating, also noted that in almost all categories, frequency of outdoor activities has dropped in the last 10 years. Um, you know, 
probably staring at screens just right. like the rest of us in the world. Yeah. Um, so even in a place where they're like highly connected to nature and also get a sense of community um, through that, you know, by uh, family members having country summer cottages and yeah. being able to walk wherever you want and camp <laughs> wherever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even that sort of openness is it's still uh, um, kind of defeated by the the modern right. world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of wonders like, oh man, if, if the Finns can't keep, right. uh, <laughs> keep outdoors, who can kind yeah. of, kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely makes, that makes sense. It's like, I think that the picture that's being painted, it sounds like is just how, um, how deep this, I guess, I mean, you could, you could maybe even call it a pandemic. Not that now that that word is like a, a buzzword in, the world but right you know it's a epidemic maybe of you know just sort of going away from nature and way too much into technology Mm -hmm. so much so that we've i mean we've made all of our working lives revolve around different kinds of technology you know so we we can't we can't even most people can't even function in their job now without you know large amounts of different kinds of you know screens and technology and stuff like that right it's like there's very few you know like even people who are like, I think of like, you know, people who are like delivery drivers or whatever, you know, it's like mm-hmm. they still have screens like GPS, you know, now right. telling them where, how to get around, yeah. you know, and running their routes and all that stuff, you know, and, yep. you know, and like, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so it's, I think, I think what she's trying to show is like, yeah, th- this is how, how much it's permeated the whole, you know, world as far as the way that people exist. Mm-hmm. In communities and cultures yeah um so i mean they're uh they're putting money into studying their forests so that they can sort of continue to combat the i mean just kind of like the creep of the modern age that sort of keeps us mm-hmm. uh tied down and indoors um and they're finding that uh, there's a couple things in here to note. Um, the five hours per month is the lowest amount of time to kind of get the effects, mm-hmm. uh, the positive effects. Um, and then after, if you can go for 10 hours, you'll reach a new level of feeling better. Um, but five hours per month means getting out there a couple times a week for about 30 minutes, right? And mm-hmm. to achieve 10 hours a month requires spending about 30 minutes in nature five days per week um, or two to three days per month outside um, would bring the same effect. So um, co- these country houses are sort of um, a lifeblood for them to to sort of escape to uh she writes a finish the finnish nervous system hmm. um finished approved nature cure won't work for everyone um but uh even if it works for a small percentage of people it will translate into better health and also better savings for the national health care system that they have right yeah um 
So. Right, because what do they always say? Money talks, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, right, yeah. all right, this all sounds great, but how's it going to save either me money or how's it going to save me taxes? Mm-hmm. Because they're not going to, you know, spend so much from the national health card stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, that's the part that, you know, where you always have to kind of get to with arguments like these of like, yes, but it's going to benefit you in this mm-hmm. way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the uh, Reluctant Traveler, they do things with him to try to show show him this sort of like communal uh, thing that happens. Um, this one woman who, I don't know, if she was like one of his hosts, like ran out in the morning and jumped in the freezing water mm-hmm. as a way to yeah. to wake up. And I mean, she was like inviting him to do it and yeah. um, and uh, said like, like, yeah, often she, do- she does this almost every morning. Sometimes people join her and it's kind of like a, a nice communal experience for them, uh-huh. u- utilizing the natural world around them. Um, you know, kind of building relationships through uh, doing that. Another one was uh, he he drove a dog sled. Um, yeah, with sort of an instructor behind him, um, and people often do that to get around. Yeah, um, different places as well. That's cool. Um, yeah, so I I thought the communal aspect of it was interesting. Um, along with some of the similar, like getting outdoors is going to increase your right, right, <laughs> increase your mental health, and um, but the idea of uh, you know no trespassing and uh, a f- sort of a freedom to know each other, right, because of how you use your land, right, is really interesting. Oh yeah, it's almost like there's a there's kind of a trust factor there, uh-huh. right? Of like you know like like here where you know private property and private land is such a you know, mm-hmm. it's such a deep knit fabric of our yeah. culture and society here. You know, I guess the, the idea behind that is, you know, because I'm going to use my land how I want to use it, you know, and I don't want anybody else using it differently, right? I don't want you to come on to my land and do something with uh-huh. it, you know, that because I'm going to, you know, do it my way, right? Yeah. right. So there's almost in a, in a culture where where there isn't that kind of expectation. It would seem like perhaps what's happening there is that there's this general trust of, okay, here's the right way to use land or to, mm-hmm. you know, experience land as a group, we kind of decide. So I don't need, it doesn't need to be as private. Right. Right. Because as long as you don't, you know, hunt my animals that are on it and cut my trees, right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You know, you can right. walk there. There's no, you know, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I can't claim this as mine. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I mean, there's like, there's a, few things happening now that are maybe similar to that i mean we live in a state that has the adirondack park which is kind of unique in that it's um this huge state park but obviously there are a bunch of little communities in it so it's like trying to exist as uh you know public land that people can use but also where people live um and there's kind of a I mean, I think probably in maybe some communities, a trickier balance of those two things right. than others, but there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah. Um, then there's, I mean, there's Harvest Host too, which I was kind of thinking of as like, oh, right. um, you know, you pay an annual fee or whatever and you get to park and sort of camp, you know, it's usually campers, um, but in a, you kind of promise to spend money at the place that is allowing you to yep to park and and through that building relationships i mean mom and dad were they they use it when they go on the in the truck camper they were talking about this 
one guy who cooked a whole dinner for them. I guess it was Valentine's Day, and that guy's family was there, and mom and dad were there sitting outside in Virginia or North Carolina or wherever it was. Um, but it's kind of a community that sprouts out because these people usually have businesses that are connected to the land somehow, bee farms, vegetable farms. I think this was a vegetable farm. Um, you know, breweries, things like that. So kind of a, a little bit of that going on here and there. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that's, yeah, it, it's neat. I mean, we we actually are a Harvest Host site, our right. brewery. You know, yeah. So it, it, you do see that. You see, you know, there's a different kind of, it's a different kind of relationship. You know, when somebody's coming through and you talk to them and they're, they've been traveling and they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're using your space and it's just, it is a similar kind of thing. Like, yeah, park it over there. You know, like mm-hmm. you're you're allowing them sort of that usage of the space in a different way than like a customer, right? You know, which yeah. is neat. Yeah. Um. So that kind of does it for Finland. I mean, there was a lot more in there, but a lot of similar to other chapters. That leads us to pleasure, where she uh, hits up Scotland. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Um. You know, kind of interesting. I mean, <laughs> the uh, sort of tumultuous times, uh, talking specifically of like Glasgow. Um, okay. You know, uh, there was a. What did she say here? Uh, um, kind of a downturn in even like life expectancy there. Main cause was economic disparities driven by four generations of unemployment following the dismantling of manufacturing and mining in the 70s and 80s. Hmm. Um, so, so kind I of a, know that about yeah, Scotland. Kind of a general uh, um, malaise and like a, mm-hmm. a depression kind of. Yeah, just an economic downturn because mm-hmm. the, the, yeah, the industry around changes. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've see that here where we live right you know like oh, yeah. schenectady remember pictures of what schenectady used to look oh, yeah. like gee you know, like thousands in, of people walking down yeah the hill in the 50s and mm-hmm. 60s when it was you know the, everything was right downtown and then so that stuff moved yeah you know it's not not completely out but just to different places around here and you know mm-hmm. out of the downtown area and then sort of of course you know contracting with places all around the world now right. too so then you get this you know, stuff just kind of spreads out, and when they leave, these big industries leave certain areas. It's like, you're, what are you left with? Uh-huh. You know, old factories that nobody's using anymore, and stuff like that. So yeah, but here's uh, so you put three things together: you put Scotland, uh, pleasure, and nature together. Yeah, and kind of the thing that prop uh, pops up is single malt scotch. I was kind of, I was wondering if that's where you're going with this. <laughs> if you're going towards towards whiskey here, yeah. yeah. Um, Scotch whiskey. Obviously, so she she writes about it, which is cool. I wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah. The hills of Scotland are made of peat, right? Yeah. Um, and each region has a slightly different mix of soil, moisture, temperature, and exposure, mm-hmm. which obviously gives the different yeah. flavors and things like that. Um, and man, many of the proper single, single malts use barley uh, dried with smoke from the surrounding bog. <laughs> yeah. Which... I thought that was cool. Um, so this is, uh, she writes, this is the Scottish, I think this is a French word, terroir? Oh, yeah, terroir. You know that word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm assuming it's, it's sort of like yeah. a way of life or like a. It's um no like it's it 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 sort of brings in the the land. It talks pear. about the flavor of the the land. Okay. Yeah. Right. So terroir is like this is what I'm not sure I'm saying it correctly either, but you know it's like like wine from the Napa Valley has okay. a particular you know flavor okay. profile where somebody could you know somebody who's a really good sommelier would would drink a wine and can tell you what region it's from okay you know? all right so this is an argentinian you know something or other or this is napa valley or this is you know they can tell because it has sure. its its own terroir which is like this is the flavor of the place okay you know um which which is interesting you said that because i just was at a uh, brewers conference recently and they were talking about okay. new york state terroir well, what that would be like <laughs> right but the problem is like even in craft beer like all of us craft brewers yeah we we make you know beer here but we don't always use ingredients from here we use some ingredients right like some of our ingredients are new york state ingredients right but not all of them are right so you're just taking ingredients from all around the world and moving them to other places and making beers and so it's not like it's you know like north carolina beers right are really good they have a lot of really good breweries in north carolina but you know not all of them and actually most of them probably aren't made with right you know north carolina ingredients right it's not, yeah it's so a, it's not like it's not a terroir yeah really yeah so that's the interesting thing it's like you know like with scotch and and it is they have the different what are they like five different regions yeah what's well, Bayside uh, yeah Highlands. Islay and Highlands yeah. and right so there's different there's different ones right so they all have different characteristics because of where they're made and it, what that comes down to is the actual like manufacturing process yeah you know but it is definitely something that it takes. It's an well, maybe she's going to go there, but it's an interesting idea because <laughs> it takes the the essence of the space in which right. this ingredient is is you know harvested and, and then used in the process, and where the end result, this end resulting product is created, mm-hmm. and it takes all of that stuff, and that becomes really part of the recipe. Right? right. It's not like I can go to the store and you know buy Italian ingredients and make Italian food, mm-hmm. right? Or I can buy you know. French ingredients to make French food, or I can buy Mexican ingredients to make Mexican food, right? But, you know, those things all originated because of what was available to the people at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I what do I have available available to me and what are my techniques and methods based on what's available? And that's where like, you know, sort of food from a particular region comes from. The same thing happens in beverages. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, so she's kind of talking about um you know, she'll she'll talk about a group of people that are um that were incarcerated okay who they they get taken out into the forest and they like have some options they can like create art with what is around them and kind of uh you know as as a way to find joy right it's like there aren't any parameters really other than you know not like not destroying the forest space you're in kind of using like what's there um but getting uh, getting joy out of um creating Mm -hmm. and then um and or like doing uh doing projects out there um like you know kind of like how building your own shelter and like 
uh, starting your own fire with no, yeah. you know, with no matches and things like that. And whittling so. a spear so you can escape. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it might be. And speaking of psychedelics, that reminds me of, uh, you know, John Locke and Lost. I think he made, uh, he made some peyote or something. Oh, I think. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know exactly what he made. Um, but I, yeah, I think, you know, and so she's trying to, uh, to share that here, they're, they're using the land. I mean, obviously the, the scotch is kind of like Scotland is known for single malt scotch Yep. and it is broken down into terror, you know, different territories with different flavor profiles. So mm-hmm. there's a, there's already kind of that built in sense of, um, and it's, it's in other places too, but that built in sense of like pride for space, pride for like where you come from. Yep. Um, and it, part of that is like the actual soil, which is kind of, yeah. you know, not always the case. It, sometimes it's about the history or, right. you know, the music or the, you know, the, the people and just kind of their yeah. personalities. But, um, with Scotland, it's like, I mean, because Scotch is such a big part of that pride yeah. and that way of, uh, identifying yourself, mm-hmm. um, because so much of it has to do with the land. It's kind of, yeah. Um, the land itself is bringing them a joy and right. uh, yeah. and a pleasure and a pride. Um but she's uh she writes about this you know, this program that I was talking about is called branching out. Um kind of committed to the idea of salvation in the woods. Okay. Is what she says, which is um um a science-based concept is that three hours per week for 12 weeks, ex-felons and addicts uh, are in a woodland program to reduce symptoms of depression, increase sociability, kind of similar to the previous chapter, uh, physical exercise, self-esteem, and uh, pleasure. So... Um, these two guys, Tom Gold and Richard Bolton. Uh, Gold works for the Forestry Commission's Recreation Department, and he's the one who kind of teaches the skills like shelter building. Um, and then Bolton is kind of a local park ranger employed by a massive public housing estate um, just outside of Glasgow. Um and so Gold talks about his specialty being bushcraft. Um, <laughs> nice. You know, the sort of art of uh, making the outdoors a more comfortable place without compromising the resource. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, so food, fire, shelter, um, achieving those things without, um, without really leaving a trace, keeping the, right. keeping the place exactly as you found it. Um, so that's what he specializes in. And then uh, uh, he also says, that was, right, that was uh, Tom Gold, um, that if, uh, it was, if it was possible to make a recovery in a nature-based program, um, this is probably the best way he can think of doing it. So they've had, um, since its inception in 2007, and maybe a bit longer now since this book is a few years old, uh, branching out has run some 700 participants through the program 
includes activities such as walking, bushcraft, woodland arts, trail maintenance, and birding. Um, And the idea is to help people transition from institutions to living more independently. Um, And it's been particularly successful in promoting uh, exercise and increasing um, well-being. Uh, increasing a kind of a, a self-identity that was maybe lost because of incarceration or addiction mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so they do things like, you know, the group gathering around somebody who's making something out of clay and ferns, you know, like a, like a face or like some sort of statue, <laughs> um, you know, making temporary art, um, kind of in your own space, but being with, with people. Um, and uh, the social piece, again, is a large part of it. If you're returning to the mainstream, right, kind of returning to life as a civilian after a long period of uh, treatment or incarceration, um, you're going to do it in a group where any problems can be examined in a gentle way, um, in a, in kind of a soothing environment, right? That is, that is around you. Um, that is really sort of encouraging finding joy. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> that's neat. The, yeah. the idea that the idea of what's a, what's a way to, um, to help somebody recover if they're an addict or, you know, a prisoner or something like that. Mm-hmm. And essentially, you know, joy and, Right, you know, like finding joy. In, in, yeah. It's like you wouldn't necessarily think that at first, right? You, you start, with, you know, rehabilitation, right? It's like, I mean, at least in my mind, when I hear that, it's like, you know, trying to educate, right? Or mm-hmm. you know, say, oh, you need to learn this sort of cognitive thing that you didn't understand before, right. or you need. You know, maybe it's some sort of counseling or, you know, sort of therapy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And that last thing you said was just like, well, what about just experiencing joy? Yeah. You know, because that maybe that maybe that makes so much of a difference because you realize that when you experience joy, how beautiful that is. Mm-hmm. Right. And And like real joy, not just like, you know mild happiness or short-lived pleasure, right? Which, you know, things like that, you know, we sort of seek after sometimes in life. Right, but, yeah. But true joy is that, like, you know, deep down in my in my being kind of, like, you know, hap- happiness, like a deeper well-being kind of happiness. Yeah. And joy. And then, it's like, when you experience that, now you're in a place where you're like, well, that was, that's beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. to have that for myself, and then you can kind of make that connection maybe that, oh, this is maybe what my life should be more about than, yeah. you know, than other things that I thought I had to do before, you know, right. whether it was making money or getting ahead or whatever it might be, you know, which oftentimes can lead people to, you know, towards those things that end up, you know, either in addictions or incarcerated or whatever, you know, a lot yeah. of that stuff is driven by that desire to, you know, compete mm-hmm. with the rest of humanity. Yeah. And so now you experience joy and you're like, wait, maybe this is what life is about. Mm -hmm. And then if you experience it for yourself, then it's like there's this next level where you're like, oh, other people can experience that too. Yeah. You know, and and I can I can maybe help with that or at least 
facilitate it to where I'm not getting in the way of mm-hmm. them experiencing it. So I, it, that was a neat thing because you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily first thing think like, you know, for addicts and prisoners, you know, that experiencing joy would be part of the process, but it is, it right. sounds like, which is cool. Yeah. And it's such a good point too, because I mean, probably like lack of joy is also on the other side of right. like what landed them where they are right. in the first place, uh, whether it was like, you know, trying to numb and, um, you know, let addiction just kind of take over because, mm-hmm. um, you don't want to feel these, uh, you know, feelings that are opposite of joy right. <laughs> all the time. Right. So let me do something about that. Um, you know, or whatever leads you to commit a, a crime, mm-hmm. um, some, some sort of lack of joy in right. <laughs> some part of your exactly. life. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So she also goes to Sweden where there's something similar going on, um, less with forests and peat moss and whatnot, but more with gardens. Okay. Um, there's this uh, program, the Alnarp Garden, uh, specializes in treating patients with severe work-related stress. And again, these people um, participate for for weeks at a time. And they spend their garden hours lying down alone in the garden, in a hammock, or on the ground. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and it operates. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna go lay in my garden now. Yeah. Well, and it operates year round. So sometimes they wear large insulated snowsuits <laughs> in the garden. It's awesome. Um, it's pretty cold in my garden right now. You want to? We can go try it. Like, we could like, try it. Could, yeah. In the in the break between uh, segment two. Yeah, and if we're three, bundled we up, go. it might be fairly pleasant. Let's go, we'll I don't know if it. it's a clear night, but. We'll take a beast ice and go lay in the garden. <laughs> we might never record segment three. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and sometimes they do creative activities like uh, you know pick a flower that represents your feelings or compost whatever you want to compost or whatever it is. Use nature as a metaphor. Um, but all of this she kind of talks about um, you know in Finland in the chapter before and then here in this chapter Sweden and Scotland. Um, there's an encouragement for people, um, especially those in distress to, uh, walk often together and provide safe, attractive, and naturalistic places for them to do those things. Yeah. So that they might find community and that they might find some joy and, and pleasure in things. And so the, the final chapter of this section um, really kind of ends with her trying to um, practice what she's been learning in her own setting. So she's back in D.C. Um, trying to walk more, trying to um, spend more time. Um, you know, she talks about where her father is recovering from a um, his own sort of brain trauma Um nearby is a place they can walk together um so it's a it's community it's it's joy for both of them being together and it's also walking yeah <laughs> um so i mean the what i took away from this last section is uh walking and she she does kind of use all of these different um like famous thinkers or writers to sort of say how walking is such an important part of <laughs> who we are um so the idea of solvitur ambulando, okay, 
in walking. You're, you're it, using a lot of different languages tonight. Yeah. Way to go. Yep. In walking, it will be solved. Okay. Is that what that means? All right. That has been around since St. Augustine. Yeah. Uh, but well before that, Aristotle. Is that Latin that you said just said there? Is that? It sounded like Latin. Yeah. <laughs> when I well. say it, like, <laughs> salvitur ambulando. <laughs> Sounds Actually, like, it sounds like Spanish when yeah, I say it like uh, that. Yes, yes, yeah. Or it sounds like you're trying to cast a spell on me. <laughs> yes. You will walk now. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so, this is the walking spell. Yeah, you're, well, you're making me wiggle in my chair, so you need to work on your spell yeah, casting yeah. a little bit. I see your feet, yeah, tapping, but yeah, here we not go. walking yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, but almost kicked something. Aristotle thought and taught while walking the open-air parapets of the... Uh, like like them lice lice how do you say that this was like a open air um I forum know. i don't know how does it spelled l y c e u m oh yeah the lyceum i would say yeah that's yeah. What, okay um french academic frederick gross writes in a philosophy of walking that it's the best way to go more slowly than any other method that has ever been found. <laughs> um, uh, Thomas Jefferson walked to clear his mind, um, and he had he had a lot to clear his mind about. <laughs> um, Thoreau and Nietzsche, they, uh, like Aristotle, walked to think. Um, Nietzsche wrote, "All truly great thoughts are conceived while walking." Um, Rousseau. We're getting all of our different philosophers Yeah, wrote in Confessions, I can only meditate when I am walking. When I stop, I cease to think. <laughs> my mind only works with my legs. Yeah. Wow. So He got his steps in, that guy. Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he did a lot of thinking. Yeah, so. really. Cause um, seriously, he wouldn't have been able to write all those things if he had not gotten his steps mm-hmm. in. So. And in Scotland, she saw... Um, uh, quote from james watt who's the inventor of the steam engine um 1705 it was in the green of glasgow when the idea came into my mind that as steam was an elastic body it would rush into a vacuum i had not walked further than the golf house there in scotland of course (laughs) uh, when the whole thing was arranged in my mind yeah uh tesla Two invented a revolutionary engine while on a long walk in a Budapest park. Now, ironically, <laughs> those two men uh, created these transport engines that would basically hasten the demise of pedestrian life. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but but they came up with their ideas yeah. while walking. It's because they're walking. They're like walking this sucks. sucks. <laughs> 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 they gotta figure out a way to not do this. So I'm going to spend some time walking, thinking yeah. about how not to walk. Although Rousseau, he couldn't think if he didn't walk. So Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't invent anything great, did he? Like an airplane engine or something like that? Or a rocket? Yeah, I, don't, uh, I guess not. No, he's he probably just... had some really great philosophies. I don't I don't know Rousseau's stuff. His yeah. main ideas. Do you remember? I feel no. like I took some philosophy classes once. I wanted to be a philosophy major for a little while, and then I took one class. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, no. The closest I got to all the philosophies was Lost. Because <laughs> <laughs> all the characters, you know, John Locke. There's yeah, a woman yeah, yeah. named Rousseau in it. Yeah. Um, so um, Thoreau opined 
anticipating a, the exercise nature debate. The walking of which I speak has nothing in it akin to taking exercise, but is itself the enterprise and adventure of the day. Yeah. Um, Thoreau also said uh, walking, uh, in his essay, Walking, <laughs> there's a whole essay about it. I think that I cannot preserve my health and spirits unless I spend four hours a day at least, and it is commonly more than that, sauntering through the woods and over the hills and fields, absolutely free from all worldly engagements. Yeah. It's great. Lucky you, Thoreau. That's the nice thing about these philosophers is that they didn't really have any bills to pay. Somehow somehow they just got into this situation where they're like, wait a second. Yeah. They pay me to think. Yeah. And then the charcuterie board just shows up. You yeah. Know, and like, yeah. 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 It's like, you could just go walk for four to six hours in the Maybe woods a, all day. It's like, it sounds great. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, yeah. A full decanter. You yeah. Know, it's just like when right. he gets back. Right. Yeah. He's going to drink his fine wines and taste some terroir when he gets back. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to smell like terroir. <laughs> um, Walt Whitman. Um, uh, would prefer um, uh, exhorting men to be more perfect and more manly by striding around outside. Yeah. <laughs> Wrote, uh, to you, clerk, literary man, sedentary person, man of fortune, idler, the same advice, up. The world, <laughs> uh, perhaps you now look upon it with pallid and disgusted eyes, is full of zest and beauty for you if you approach it in the right spirit out in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm going to um, start saying that every morning when I try to get Lila on the bus. <laughs> I mean, like Sedentary person. Sedentary person laying in your bed, hiding under your blanket. There is much zest and flavor out there on that bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sitting in front of yeah. the house with a lot the lights of terroir on, on the bus, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah there's a lot of yeah. Yeah, middle school Yeah, terroir. that kid who brought his egg salad sandwich. <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, there's a few more. Uh, Wordsworth. Yeah. Um, uh, declared uh, in Tintern Abbey, uh, the nurse, the guide, the guardian of, of my heart is nature. Nice. Um, Romantic Age's greatest advertisement for both Scotland and for preambulating Um was Wordsworth. He is estimated to have walked some 180,000 miles in his lifetime, composing poems as he went. Um, Yeah, so... Yeah, Wordsworth also wrote, Nature does everything to prepare you, to make you immune, or gentle, uh, or to gentle the shock. He doesn't say there is no shock, like in life, no surprises, but that nature aims at a growth of the mind, which can help to absorb. So I don't know this this whole this whole chapter was just kind of cool that she just used all these different um, intellectuals and philosophers, right? Who just talked about walking? Yeah, um, I mean yeah. nobody talks about walking anymore, right? Unless they're talking about steps, yeah, which is like. Yep. Kind of the least fun way to talk about walking yep. ever. Yeah. Did you get your steps in? My watch will 
yeah. ding me yeah. at like noon. Yeah. Like, hey, sedentary person. Yes. <laughs> Up with you. There is much zest and flavor to your day. I'm about to self-destruct on your wrist. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need these like these these smartwatches. This is our shock therapy, you know, just like zapping people like, hey, you're sitting too long. Yeah. Up with you. Yeah. Yeah. Zap. Cool. Yeah. So a little different uh just trying to get at the different angle of the of the book. Right, because right. in all of, in all of those chapters, she's got she's got the science going on, the right. mental it's health, just, the yeah, you know, it's the same stuff that you use all that like making a case kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like well, the, here's the percentage of people that were you know cranky, and then we put them out into the nature, and then they're less cranky. Yeah, here's the actual statistic we can show you the numbers, right? So she's giving you that, mm-hmm. but what you're doing is like pulling out like the differences from those chapters about the approach. Yeah. Yeah, like, what, what is it that you're? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the pleasure, and then I mean, uh, most of these folks lived centuries ago, right? Right, where, yep. um, like, everybody was just m- much more attuned to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, we didn't have cars to get around in. Right, we didn't, right. You know, we didn't yeah. do our work on a computer. <laughs> right, like, and I mean, you you would walk to more places too. Right, because there were probably natural walking trails like now it's funny we have to like drive in a car to go somewhere to go for a walk yep unless you're just going to kind of walk on your street yeah you know but like out here there's no you know unless you live in a unless you live in a city well then you're in a city but unless you live in a Mm -hmm. city there's no sidewalks so you're walking on a road you know where cars are you know and the shoulders aren't particularly wide Mm -hmm. in a lot of places like you know where a lot of people live so if there's no sidewalks and you don't have wide shoulders. Now you're, even your walk is stressful because you're like right. watching out for traffic, you know, and trucks yeah. whizzing by you and uh-huh. stuff like that. You know, I, I mean, I I take the dog for runs in the morning, you know, and I always got to keep an eye out, you know, for for traffic and watching out that we don't get, you know, that she doesn't dart out at the wrong time. And she's mm-hmm. on a leash, but you know, when the when cars are coming by, so it's never like it's never sort of that peaceful like. You know, sort of listless yeah. walk through, like they were describing. You know, right. you have to get in a car, drive somewhere to go to a nature preserve, and get out of your car, and then you can go for a walk. Yeah. You know, there's very few places where it's like I'm going to go out my back door and uh-huh. walk. Yeah, because then you're going to end up on somebody else's property, right? <laughs> yeah. And we're now yeah. we're right back to Finland, yep, and then you're going to be in jail. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then you're going to need like, to go through the yeah. incarceration process and go build the yeah. shelter in the woods. And yeah, I mean, I remember like when. Um, when Jenna and I moved up here, uh, we were, were living down in Schenectady, and we moved up here, and we were like, "Oh, this is so cool! We're out in the, you know, out in nature. We could just, you know, grab the dog and go for a walk." You know, it was like farm fields and stuff like that. And the very first day we did that, you know, it was a little Kubota, you know, runabout comes driving out into the field. What are you doing? You can't be out here. It's private property. Blah blah blah. We we're like, oh. <laughs> so we moved out of the city into the country so we could go for a walk. And it's like, oh, you can only walk on the roads out here. Right. <laughs> you know, because yeah. somebody's going to tell you that you're in their field. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, so it's just, you know, it's it's very challenging for us to even understand where those philosophers would be coming from because we don't, the kinds of walks they go on, we don't do. Right. We don't get those. Yeah. You know, you have to go like, you have to like plan a hiking trip to mm-hmm. have walks like that. You know, yeah. you have to plan trips now or 
you know, you can go for a long walk on the beach, but that's like you got to plan a vacation to yeah. do that. You drive know? to the ocean. <laughs> you yeah. got to drive, and I got to drive. It's yeah. like you're all stressed out. Yeah, this you. week twice already. I've I've driven. I've put in. I put my bike in a car. Yeah, drove it to a place. Yeah, and then rode on a right a place where yeah they made a trail. Right, right. It's just we're we're like our our society is just not built. Yeah, for being in nature mm-hmm. readily. To the point where you can access some of this stuff, which is an interesting, I guess, commentary on what we've gotten ourselves into yeah. as a people. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you for that next installment of The Nature Fix by Florence Williams. We're going to yep. take a short break. We're going to go drink scotch in the garden. Um, and then we'll be back for segment three. Thanks for listening to the music of the Spheres podcast. We will be right back. podcast we are wrapping up episode number 22 and we just heard from jason on some more of the nature fix book by florence williams and um yeah it's been a been a great book so far and i i like the direction that you went this evening of of kind of just drawing out a few things which which is cool um you know because it's it's more than in that way it's more than just a book report because you know you're not just sort of reporting on the book itself, mm-hmm. but you're actually drawing out some of your own interpretations and learnings from it and sharing that with us, yeah, which I think is cool, so I like that I like that approach yeah, yeah there's um i mean think thinking about uh, when she goes into these you know these different countries it's I feel like the purpose of that is to explore culture and explore mm-hmm. um like all future present past all together right kind of um getting getting a larger picture so yeah um yeah it's helpful well, to well what's neat about it and it reminds me of when we were in seminary we had to do an intercultural immersion yeah you know and Whenever I tell people about my particular experience, because I went to Cambodia for mm-hmm. that, which was fascinating to me. Um, but whenever I tell people about that, they're like, oh, was it like a mission trip? You know, where it's, yeah. that's, that's everybody's first reaction is, oh, you went there to like, you know, help help build a school or something like right. that. You know, it's like, right. and I'm always like, no, we didn't, we, it wasn't a mission trip. We went to like observe people that are working in ministry yeah. in that place. But just, we were just there to see what was going on. Yeah. And and I thought it was great to be and, immersed, right? Yeah, to be immersed. But the whole idea was to look at something that's a similar idea, but through a totally different lens. Mm-hmm. 
right? So in this in this case, it's you know ministry of you know some sort of relationship to the Christian church of ministry in a place. Um, but it's because of that culture, it's totally shaped differently, right? Right, because it has to obviously play out within that context. Yeah, and so I think that's what's happening here in in this book is she's looking around at different uh, cultures and different places around the world, and as she looks at them, you know, she's taking this similar, you know, sort of main idea and say, mm-hmm. well, let's look at it. What's it like in Finland? Yeah, you know, it's, it's going to look totally different there than it does in Scotland, uh-huh. you know, than it does in Korea, you know, and and so it's it's a really interesting, you know, way to kind of see what is the true. It's kind of like a almost a idealistic distilling, right? Where you're kind of like, mm. you know, you're distilling off the water because we started with ice beer, so you know, you're like, yeah, you're getting rid. It's it's like making ice beer out of an idea. Like you get rid of the water, which yeah. is the stuff. So you can that's, get more flavor. Yeah, 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 and then you see the concentrated stuff that's left behind, and that's the true mm-hmm. idea, right? Yeah. In this case, it's you know how how nature impacts just the overall essence of being human yeah right and she's finding that there are common threads everywhere right and i was thinking um when lila was sharing um i mean she she was talking about music at the end she really likes music i'm 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 right right yeah she she loves the music she she hasn't talked about spheres very much no no i keep saying you got to go back to the you know (laughs) music and spheres and alternating she's like yeah that's okay. Uh, music is better than spheres. Yeah. And she was dropping essential oils and diffusers tonight. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I was going to say to her, like, music is the universal language. Mm-hmm. Um, so that common thread piece. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I also did a uh, intercultural immersion trip yep. to Israel-Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we came upon this group... Um, it was just after Christmas, but there was still, um, like, Armenian Christmas was still oh, okay. about to happen or, mm-hmm. you know, different different denominations, different schedules yeah, kind of thing. Um, but they were singing in a different language, so it wasn't like we couldn't really pick up on what was being said, but because it was music, mm-hmm. you get the emotion of it. Yep. Right, so it's it's different, but it's all, there's like a connecting piece right. among the different uh, different cultures. Yeah, which is why music is one of the greatest things ever. Yeah, created. Right. Or, right. Well, it's also I mean, and music. It, now we're totally derailing the conversation, <laughs> but but music is built. What what makes music the universal language is it's built on on ratio, right? So it's you know a lot of times people say music is mathematics. But mathematics is just the relationship of of one thing to another, mm-hmm. really. So what that's what numbers are, right? So it's like yeah. two of two of something is, you know, double what one of something is, right? And that's a ratio, uh-huh. right? The two to one ratio, right? And yeah. in music, it's the same way. Like the way that certain notes relate to one another, it's all just about like how do they relate? How far away is this one from that one? And you know, what does it feel like when those notes are? combined together either in harmony or melody and mm-hmm. that's what creates the emotional but that's all based on ratio and those ratios are all through like creation anyway right uh, yeah i was gonna say right. like um music just happens to be like the audio version 
yeah. of like what we see, yeah, you know, what is visual in front of us. Right, right. Yeah, like it's it's creation just that we can hear. Yeah. You know, because you look around, you know, the ratios in, in you know, physical structures, you know, or in, you know, like astronomy and astrophysics and the way that the, you know, gravity works and planets and stuff like that. It's like yeah. it, all this, it's all the same ratios and same combinations of stuff that seems to keep showing up. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a universal language in that way. Um, but this is like, yeah, the, this stuff is is like finding that universal mm-hmm. language in all these different cultural contexts, whether we're in, you know, Finland or Scotland, um, you know, or or just looking back in history at what philosophers have talked about, you know, things like that. Yeah. Or Sweden was the other one, right? Yep, Sweden. Um, the gardens. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that that you know the I thought were of Sweden. <laughs> the gardens of Sweden. <laughs> it's close. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's a couple of things uh, that I that I thought you know um, were kind of were kind of neat here. Um, there, there was one th- where you were talking about w- when you were still in Finland, and the idea that you know people would kind of like have a connection to a family home or a family farm or a, a, a plot of land somewhere, yeah. right? And that that there was a sense of like they everybody still had the opportunity to retreat to that space mm-hmm. or most people you know right. because of because of how recently the move towards cities has happened there that everybody still you know has this connection yeah um and it reminded me of like the idea of you know of, of a certain place kind of feeling like home you know mm-hmm. and that that sort of home kind of feeling to a, to an actual physical place right and um you know, and it just made me think, like, you know, like we'll we'll go home, you know, to, to mom and dad's house, you know, sometimes for, yeah. you know, like Easter Sunday. So I'm gonna go up there and have dinner, you know, with mom and dad, and it'll still, it feels like totally, like the house feels totally different now oh, yeah. than when we were growing up, and the property even looks really different. Like trees have grown up differently, and that mm-hmm. garage wasn't there when we were kids, and you know, but there's still a sense that that, like the physical space. Is still somehow home, right? You know? Like, even if they even if they tore down the house and built a new house there, you know, yeah, it would still like something about that chunk of land, yeah, right. Well, I mean, yeah, the I mean that exact thing happened with um, with my in laws with a house mm-hmm. house burning down and a whole new house, yeah, and it's still like there's like a spirit of right. space, yeah, right, yeah, that kind of exists. Yeah, kind of beyond the material. Yeah, and and so like, is that and that made me think like, is that the like the land itself, like the energy mm-hmm. of the land, right? Like, do we connect with that in some way? Right. And there's this whole you know idea of ley lines. I don't know if you've heard about that. You know, it's about hmm. it, it's about no. energetic. You know, like we've I think we've talked on the show about people who have done dowsing for water. You know, witching for water, dowsing rods. Have you? Did we talk about that at all on here? I can't. So, remember. Yeah, it sounds. Oh, I remember witching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> witching for water. Oh, we, yeah, we just talked about it briefly, but I, I was reading somewhere about you know people who do dowsing for water, right? Where um, you actually, you know, um, the way you hold these sticks, right, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like the the way that you hold them. Oh yeah, yeah. And you're looking for like 
you know, water in the ground somewhere, right? And then the sticks will move in a certain way, you know, as mm-hmm. when you get near yeah. a spot. It's all in the wrists. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the, and the idea, like, is that there's some sort of an energy that you're engaging with, maybe, some people think. There's other, mm-hmm. other people have different theories on it, but, um, but that's one of the theories, that there's an energy to the land itself. Okay. And so I wonder if, you know, that, that home feeling, like, like that this land is, the land itself is home. Mm-hmm. Right, not it's not about the rooms or or the or the house. You know, a lot of times people say, "Well, if these walls could talk," mm-hmm. you know, um, but it's not even it's not even for me necessarily about that. It's more about the energy of that chunk of the earth. You yeah. know, in some way, will still, you know, still has that home essence. Right, it. like it's holding um, holding all the it's holding like all of you. That's kind of the feeling I get when I go back that I didn't have when I was mm-hmm. an actual resident there. Right. Um, but now when I go back, like I, I can kind of like see my past self, mm-hmm. like doing, you know, like pretending I could be a basketball player, even though I'm like five seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, just doing all this stuff in in the space, and like it's that's holding me forever. Right. Yeah. Um, even though I'm not going to spend most of my adult life right. in that space. Yeah. And the neat part about it is it's not like absolute space, you know, like right. space in the universe. Because the planet's spinning constantly and the sun is moving constantly. So mm-hmm. from moment to moment, we're in a completely different like, right. you know, space in the universe than we were like a couple minutes ago, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because everything's moving um, so it must be the earth, right? Cause that's the, that's the, that's the thing that doesn't move, you know, in relation to us. Right. right. Yeah. So it's gotta be something about that, like earth space that, that makes the home feeling. It's just, you know, so much of this book so far is getting me towards this idea that the earth has an energetic existence yeah. as well mm-hmm. beyond just, you know, just a thermal core and that right. creates, you know, tectonic movements of the plates and whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, more than just that. Like there's a, there's a deeper energy. I think we talked about it last week in, in my ep- uh, episode about NDEs where they use the phrase Gaia, mm-hmm. right? Remember that at the, when the guy was coming back from this, you know, NDE where he experienced the afterlife and, and he was like, he's like this idea of Gaia, which I never really was even into that much, which is like, was just sort of pulsing through me in this time. And the idea is that, you know, the earth is its own kind of energetic being, you know, and that it's mm-hmm. like, we're all kind of connected in in some way through it. And so that would, I mean, that feeling of, of a space, you know, other spaces that I experience like that are, you know, the family beach where we spend, uh-huh. you know, we spent. I mean, I've been there every summer of my life, you yeah. know, for 40 years. I've, I've been there for summers, you know, and, and it's like, it's a, it's got a, an energy about it. Right. Just the space itself. So, but it's earth space because it's not like universe space because that was yeah. different universe space 40 years ago than it is now, but it's same earth space. Right. So, so there's got to be something. So that's where it feels like this book is kind of driving, which is yeah. kind of, kind of cool. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I yeah, I wanted to talk about earth energy and ley lines and stuff cuz I wanted to do an episode on ley lines at some point. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be I wanted to hit that. Um 
And then you got into this uh, this idea of um, sort of experiencing pleasure and, and experiencing joy. Um, and I just I, I talked about it a little bit then, where I thought it was like it's just it seemed counterintuitive when you first said it, but then when we started delving into it a little bit, it wasn't it's not counterintuitive at all that mm-hmm. joy and um, happiness like real deep happiness can actually heal right mm-hmm. i mean it's obvious <laughs> you know when you when right. you start to think about it but but you never think of those things as treatments you know right. like i'm going to tr- you know i'm going to come up with a treatment or a rehabilitation for you that's going to involve you experiencing joy mm-hmm. you know we always see we often see those things as the end result you know right. like i'm going to do this whatever process right and then i will finally be happy uh-huh. you know yeah. <laughs> actually because we, we went to see the mario movie today yeah 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 it was i think uh i think bowser, bowser had a line like that at some point it's like i'm going to finally be happy you know if i can just marry princess peach or whatever he wants to do <laughs> like, you know it's like but we do that like as human beings we get this this mindset of like yeah my happiness is just around that corner. Uh-huh. I just need to get around that corner. Or it's just on the other side of that door. I need to find the key, you know? Yeah. And, you know, what if it's the other way around? Mm-hmm. What if, what if, you know, experiencing or just allowing ourselves opportunities to yeah. experience things like joy and happiness and not letting other things get in the way of that? Yeah. Right. Maybe that's the way to really rehabilitate yourself or heal yourself or become more whole right you know it's an interesting notion too about like adulthood because in counseling like there's an actual thing usually with children uh play therapy or even if it's not specifically like the actual like thing that is play therapy um you know you're not you don't really expect a if you're like doing a session with a seven-year-old or even a 12-year-old, that they're going to want to like sit there and talk with you, right? Right. Like what you would do with an yeah. adult. Yeah. Um, you're going to like, yeah. you know, if it was like a 10-year-old boy who wants to throw a football or a baseball or mm-hmm. shoot hoops or something, mm-hmm. and that's that joyful aspect is going to maybe help him sort of express himself yeah. a little bit more, Yeah. then that's the strategy we would use. But with adults, we don't think about, like, you're going to sit on that couch. Right. So and you're going to talk about all just, your feelings. Just start talking. Just and, get after it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I was talking about this in one of my classes the other week. Is like, maybe we have to tap into that, like, playful side of ourselves or playful side of our clients. Yeah. And allow them to, like, make a, I don't know, make a mask of some sort of, like, structure out of ferns and a bunch of clay. Right. Right. In the forest. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever you can do yeah. inside the office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 such a, yeah, it's like, it sounds a little out there and a little counterintuitive. But then when you start to really think about it and and sort of access it, you know, with, with some deeper thinking, you're like, wait a second, that makes perfect sense, mm-hmm. you know, that, that sometimes... You know, it's, it's an exercise I heard on a podcast one time, and I tried it out with my congregation on Christmas Eve a couple of years ago. You know, what I wanted people to get, like, I wanted them to experience, like, the magical, like, wow, you know, awe factor of, you know, Christmas. Yeah. And so I just said to them, like, uh, you know, 
just start saying the word wow you know and 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 because this is i heard it on a podcast i was like this is great you know just say the word wow and like it's just my congregation sitting there and a lot of them were new people because it's christmas eve so it's like you know people that don't normally come to church are like who's this wacko in the robe up there <laughs> but we're all saying wow and like you know within 30 seconds the whole congregation is smiling and laughing and looking at each other and it's like wait a second you know like we just we just handcrafted joy yeah you know like we just out of nothing you know it's kind of because people that come to church on christmas eve you know what this is like right you see people that you have you know you only see twice a year yeah right and uh, new haircut yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you, you see like taller? all these like you know family members that don't want to be there but uh-huh. some you know somebody had to go to church with grandma that night because it's christmas eve you yeah. know so there's like a bunch of so it's like it's very like for christmas eve it's very like stuffy feeling uh-huh. until you sort of start breaking the ice with them yeah you know but it's like this <laughs> do an icebreaker yeah yeah. yeah, I would accuse you of uh, stealing that from uh, a YouTube video, but I know you probably don't watch YouTube. Yeah, no. Um, no. Uh, Owen Wilson, yeah. you know, the actor. Yeah. Um, there's this clip of him. Apparently he says, wow. Yeah. Like all the time in his movies. Yeah. So like a five minute video oh, yeah. <laughs> of just him saying, wow. Yeah. Different ways. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. But it's, it's so joyous. It is. It's true. And the more you say it, the sort of the better you feel, you know? It's like, what's that... Uh, um, it's from the from Mary Poppins when they're all floating at the ceiling, you know. Remember that scene? See, look at me quoting um, movies again, and you're. You know what? I've never seen Mary Poppins. Really, the original? Is or there like, another? Well, there's like the remake. They did a remake a few. Years oh, ago. I don't watch remakes. Oh, you don't do that. No, you're an, you're an OG kind of guy, <laughs> yeah. I guess. No. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that, that doesn't matter. But 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 you're able to actually you're able to actually create a sense of joy. Where there wasn't before, right? Yeah. And I still remember that. I mean, I remember how that worked. And I remember like, I remember the, what the room looked like. And people were looking around and they're like smiling at each other and mm-hmm. giggling and stuff. You know, and even the people that were like, you know, dragged along with grandma to church were, were cracking smiles, you know? And, yeah. and so you can actually, you know, sort of reverse engineer that, you know, by, by allowing for a true experience of joy then then wholeness can come from it right i mean i think so so many times we we block ourselves from experiences of of joy and happiness because we want to you know i don't know stay focused on the goal or you know keep our yeah. nose to the grindstone you know as it were different things like that and we ended up like preventing ourselves sometimes from really just releasing and and feeling joy yeah you know um and so I thought that was a kind of a neat idea that you had there. And I, I wrote this, you said something about um, nature can make you more sociable, uh, that, that, you know, the sociability of these individuals increased by being out in nature. Mm-hmm. And you said, I don't think this was in the book, but I think it was maybe your interpretation, that it increases your self-identity, right? Like just understanding mm-hmm. who you are, like you being in nature, you know who you are a little better. Yeah. Um, which is something we've touched on before in this topic. The, the idea of when you talked about nature um, sort of being reflective of us. Right. You know, I think it was on your discussion on fractals. Yeah. You know, that, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. So fractal patterns in nature mm-hmm. are exactly the same as the fractal patterns in the human body, in different yeah. structures of the human body. Right. And so there, there is a, there's a reflective mm-hmm. sort of element. 
And so uh, that made me think of like, well, self-identity, you know, how do we do self-identity now? We all look in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's kind of what we do. We, you know, we which one of us doesn't look in the mirror every day? I think almost all of us do, right? Like especially yeah. if it's like, you know, well, any like any day you're going out in public or right. doing, doing your job or going yeah. to work or whatever, you're gonna you're gonna you know check yourself out in the mirror, make sure y'all looking so you know like yeah. you're supposed to for your job that day or wherever you're gonna go. When would when did we um. We were moved up at camp. The uh, mirrors was that when the uh, Muslim group was up? Oh, maybe was that? And I don't know if that was just because they were on like a retreat. If mm-hmm. that was like part of the sort of like spiritual practice, or if they just don't, yeah, um, don't have mirrors around. Yeah, I don't as a know. Way to sort of you know not, um, I don't know if. I don't know what the practice is, uh, ego or yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, or you know what we're looking like is not important and right. Maybe yeah, maybe that's it. I I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I'm not it's sure. Very, obviously, very vague the way I'm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're giving us a really good feeling of the vagueness, the, the vagary of it all. <laughs> um, but, but but what I'm getting at is I, you know, um, <clears throat> on a very on a very literal level, the first mirror in nature, or sorry, the first mirror in human history would have been nature. Sure. Right? Like looking at yourself in a, a pool of water, right? Mm-hmm. Wherever you are by the water, it's still, you can see a reflection in it. And you that's yeah. the first time, right, that a human would see what they themselves look like. Obviously, they know, like, yeah, I can look at my hands and I can look at you and see that you're another human and we have all these similarities, so we're both the same. Yeah. But then I can look in this, you know, reflection in a pool of water and see myself for the first time, mm-hmm. right? And that's, you know, that yeah. was the first, the first mirror in human history had to have been nature itself reflecting, you yeah. know, back. So if it's that way, in that sense, like in the in the very practical, literal sense, then wouldn't it also be true in the in the figurative sense? That in nature we get a mirror, right, to who we are, mm-hmm. based on how we interact with it, yeah. and how how we feel when we're in it and with it, mm-hmm. right? Like the feel of, you know, of a cold day, or the feel like today was where we were. It was like one of those mid fifties, like overcast spring days, but everything's like damp outside. Yeah, but it's not the cold damp you get in the winter. It's mm-hmm. like the spring damp where the ground's a little springy. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the pavement's kind of, you know, moist a little bit, but it's not, like, wet from rain. But yeah. it's, you know, you know the kind of day I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that we feel in that, does that help us understand who we are? Yeah. Right? And and do we get a mirror, a, a learning? And, and I, so when you said that for these particular individuals in the branching out program is what mm-hmm. it was called. Right. That they they gain more self-identity just by being in nature. And it's because nature's another kind of mirror, Mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. And I would would say uh, there's a vulnerability that's part of it that I hadn't really thought about. Um, Just being out in the elements. Um, You know, we're we're from a place that has, like, hills and trees and stuff. I remember going to Iowa for the first time. I felt, like, I felt so 
I guess the only word I have for it is like vulnerable. Like there were no trees. Yeah. Exposed. There were no hills. Yeah, exposed, right? right. Like yeah. I felt like I was the cheat is gonna get you anyway. I minute. was just out there. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like all of me was just right there for the taking. Yeah. Um so I mean nature kind of has a yeah has a way of sort of like uh humbling you. Right. But and kind of like sort of sort of a um mostly in like sort of a uh, delicate way right um where it gives you time to get used to it and right and maybe see a different side of yourself adaptation yeah yeah there's a there's a name for that phobia too fear of open spaces <laughs> yeah it? i definitely have that i was like yeah, yeah. i didn't know what i was experiencing yeah. i was like where's i need a i right. need a hill yeah so can i get a hill or a mall i need one of the two <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great uh, so, so then you move from, uh, from talking about that into, um, just an, an, where you sort of shifted gears into talking about walking and you hit Sweden mm-hmm. for a second. Um, but you kind of summed it up that, that the walking thing was important, but for this, for this per- particular example that you drew out of Sweden, you said it was, it was important to do it with someone mm-hmm. or, or at least in a group even two, right? Yeah. So not just one-on-one, like two people, but like even a group, you know, of experiencing, you know, nature or walking together is, uh, is, is an important thing. Um, and, and that got me thinking about what we talked about last week with um, a common thread in the NDE experience in the life review mm-hmm. and the learning that came from that for most people was a greater sense of connectedness, yeah, right to to others, and even to the natural world, to mm-hmm. the world around them. Like they they come back from this with a with a sense that you know we're you and I, two individual human beings, are really not quite so individual after all. Yeah, right. There's more connectedness between us um, on on some other plane or some greater level than you know we typically think of in this world right and so if so it seems like it it makes perfect sense that then you know walking with someone right or with a group right you you know this idea of sharing this common experience together Mm -hmm. you know helps you we often say we would use terms like form bonds right Mm -hmm. we form bonds with one another what if it's not so much that we're forming bonds, but we're discovering the bonds that are already there? Yeah. You know? So, like, we talked about music and we talked about math, uh-huh. right? Both of those things, you know, philosophers would argue weren't created, but discovered. Yeah. You know? Like, like mathematics is not, it's not, not a human invention. The language that we use for it, the symbols and all that stuff, okay, maybe that's a human invention. Right. But the actual... You know, the actual laws that it's describing is not something we made up. You know, it's it's describing something real. Just like, you know, I can say a, a major triad, you know, d- that's a human description of the way, you know, three notes fit together. Right. But, you know, it's a natural thing, you know, yeah. that, that these frequencies sound good together and that they sound like they do. Right. right. That's, so, um so with that is this idea that these bonds that we have, what if when we say we form bonds with people, mm-hmm. what if we're really just uncovering them and unearthing them and discovering them and experiencing them 
like using them almost, yeah. right? To the point where when you use like a muscle, you use it, it gets stronger, right? You know, yeah, I like that distinction um, of like a even like a space already having bonds that are just kind of like there, like yeah. hovering or like, yeah, I don't know, just sort of like uh, rippling through the air, yeah, that when we walk through them, like everything is interconnected because yeah. i mean i like thinking of the different places i've been israel palestine for the seminary cultural immersion trip um just the different places we went to already had their own sort of energy that uh you know I, I, obviously because i mean they were saying that there were places where you know jesus walked himself which is pretty cool yeah um but then us interacting with them and hearing the stories of um, you know, Palestinians and Jewish people throughout history as well. Yeah. Um, like it, the space was vibrating with, yeah. uh, connection. Yeah. And same with, you know, when we went to Romania, especially, uh, when we were working at a summer camp that had all these, you know, for summers over and over had, uh, this one path out to the, the low and high ropes courses. Mm-hmm. Um, but along that path is like, it, it felt like as we walked to mm-hmm. that space, there was yeah. like a energy that was already there that, uh, we interacted with and, um, yeah, it's where I was able to connect with some high school Romanian students by singing them a weird after meal song that I learned mm-hmm. in yeah. America. Right. right. And, yeah. um, yeah. But that energy was already there. Right. Yeah. So it's, and I think that, you know, like we, like I mentioned the family beach, you know, we, we spend a lot of time up there in the summer, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, um, and you form bonds with the people that are there when you're there with them, you know, and you form, mem- and those are all memories and bonds. But, but I think like, yeah, maybe no, we're not really forming anything. Maybe we're just you know, realizing something and bringing something right. into reality or into our yeah. plane of existence that was, it's already there somewhere. Right. You know, but now you're experiencing it more. And it's like when you meet, when you meet a, somebody that you find you have things in common with, yeah. you know, and you start talking to them and you're having a conversation and you're like, Oh, you, you, you like that too. You just like, you kind of discover like we have common things we can discuss and share, mm-hmm. you know, in this relationship and we can get along in this way because you're you're just you're discovering that yeah. no one's creating that you're not forming a bond you're right. discovering it maybe yeah. I, I don't know I just no, I, it's I kind of I, I mean it's kind of like that. if you think of creation as something beautiful to begin with then there's like that beauty is just like sitting there waiting for yeah. us to like interact yeah. with it yeah exactly it could be a relationship it could yeah. be us by ourselves by a tree. Yep. Yeah. Like any, any number of things. Yeah. No. Th- yeah. There, there's this, you know, sort of overarching idea in, you know, in I guess philosophy, but probably also now, you know, more getting into physics and stuff to astrophysics is this idea that the universe is evolving to understand itself. You know, sure. And, uh, like humans oh, are yeah. part of that, right? right. Like we're kind of like. Yeah, yeah. We're here to be looking around like, oh, this is really, re- this is really beautiful. You know, this <laughs> right. is really cool. You know, yeah. like the universe is like checking itself out, you know, because yeah. like yeah. we're part of it and it's like, you know, so it's just, yeah, it's a, just kind of a neat, neat idea. Uh, the last thing I wanted to just touch on was your whole thing on walking. 
um, you know, and you even brought it up. You're just like, you know, we're so focused on getting our steps in these days, uh-huh. you know, and and it's and when you mentioned that, it it struck me that there's a definite distinction between what we do now with walking and the kind of walking that you were describing in, you know, in in the book, and the difference is, it seems like. Uh, the intentionality of the walking was was different, mm-hmm. right? So to take a to take a walk that is intentionally just just to walk, right? I'm just gonna walk um, and try to walk in such a way that that's the only thing that I'm really concerned about doing, you know. Which is why I say saying how distracting it is for us to walk around here where we live because it's. You know, the roads get cars on them. The shoulders are narrow, and so you're you're constantly distracted by, you know, survival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I yeah, don't right. want to get hit, you know, by yeah. this, or, you know, I'm I'm restricted to just walking. I can't f- sort of freely wander, you know. Yeah. Or take this path, or take that path, because I'm just like I can go on this road, you know, or I can go on that road, but I'm just I'm stuck to. Then I want to stay away from that road because that's really busy, you know. Right. And so you're kind of just stuck to roads constantly. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a couple of roads out this way that are pretty, you know, uh, s- slow as far as traffic goes. So you can get away a little bit, but you got to kind of get there to right. get to them, you know. So, yeah. again, it's the same kind of thing. Right. Uh, so I I feel like, you know, when you're walking to get your steps in, that's just sort of like, that's just breaking it down to that materialist worldview again. Yeah. Of like, I'm just physical activity. I'm just getting, trying to get exercise because, you know, I ate too many Christmas cookies over the holiday season and, mm-hmm. and I got to get my steps in because it's going to help me, you know. Yeah. And and those steps are often just mixed in with whatever else you're doing, you know. Like, mm-hmm. people say, oh, I got a lot of steps in today because, you know, I had to walk back and forth at the office a lot, you know, or yeah, I had right. to go up and down stairs yep. a lot, yeah. you know, or you know, like you're getting your steps in, yes, mm-hmm. but you're just those steps are just a they're a byproduct, yeah, of some other kind of busyness that mm-hmm. you're doing, right? That it's not you're not just walking, right? To just to walk, and right? even that is not even close to. Uh, there's something in the book I didn't read um, or share, but it was like the amount of uh, uh, fancy word for calories burned. Um, on average, like, you know, 100, 200 years ago when a lot of life was more physical labor, mm-hmm. it was easily like a 1,000 calories burned um, in a day, mm-hmm. just just living. Mm-hmm. And now it's more like 300. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like, well, even if we're having like a really good step day, it's not even right. as good as like what it used to be right. Right. 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is it not, like people have like standing desks now, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like because we're so like trapped. Well, because sitting will kill you. Yeah. 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 We're so trapped. And and the other thing that I was thinking about too is like you know, um, this idea of of walking, um, you know, to kind of generate ideas and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. It. I. I. I like. I like it because when you walk. There's an element of moving through um, both time and space, mm-hmm. right, at the same time. Because when you're walking, you're under human power. So you're moving at, like, human speed, 
right? Yeah. Like everything else is designed to get us there faster. You know, a bike will get you there faster. Right. Yeah. A car will get you there even faster. And you get on a plane, you're going to get there so wicked fast, right? So now, <laughs> now you're like, you're going, you're like skipping time, right? Somehow, yeah. as soon as you employ a technology to motivate you, now you're skipping time um, while moving through space, right? Uh, but there's there's ways that you can skip time without moving through space. You know, you can just sit wherever you are or zone out or whatever. One of the things I've described on the show before that feels like moving through uh, time without moving through space is like hanging out at a bar. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, because I'm in bars in the afternoon all the time with my work, you know, and you see people in there like, you know, spending their afternoon in a bar and it's like sometimes walking out of a bar in the afternoon after having two beers feels like you're like walking back into this weird time warp of like, you know, skipping out of like, you know, I came in here and it was, I don't know, early afternoon. Now it's like mid afternoon and like this weird, like, you know, but that's like an example of moving through time without moving through space. So you Mm -hmm. can do both of those, but walking kind of seems like it links it together. Mm -hmm. Like your movement through time and space becomes perfectly um, sort of scaled to being a human, right? Because you're moving at human speed and you're moving through space in a way that your your body was made to work through it. Yeah, one of them even said it's like the perfect way to slow down. Right. That humans could ever imagine. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's like, so it's it's this idea of, of all at once moving through time and space at the right-sized um, speed, yeah. right? And, 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 and I think that there's something to that because we've talked about space before on the show where, you know, our time and time and space are obviously linked. Yeah. Um, and so that somehow space matters. I think we said that before in like maybe the intro to this, you know, the way that the way that the space around us is set up mm-hmm. matters, right? I, I think I referenced something like people that, you know, make their beds or report that they're happier. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like because like space yeah. matters, right? It's uh-huh. like you know, and, and clutter kind of makes you feel a certain way, you know. Yeah. So the and feng shui is a thing, and so we know like all of that, right? The way our space is arranged and aligned around us really does change mm-hmm. our energy. So it would make sense that moving through time and space in a certain way would have an energetic effect yeah. on us. And actually, if I think about um, like looking back on my life, um, like any of the worst news, and and luckily I'm um, pretty blessed in that area. But any of the worst news I've received, I think most of those moments, there's a walk afterward. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like there's. I don't, you know, it was it was not planned. It was just kind of happened. Yeah, that I went walking mm-hmm. after those moments. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but huh. not that you can find answers instantly. But it's like the first place maybe we go in those right those moments of uh, yeah. I have no answers for this. I need to just right, right. I need to just. move yeah yeah there's something about moving through space in a particular way that has an impact on us for sure 
Yeah. I've, I've experienced that too. Well, I'll talk about it more when we have more time. The very final thing was still with walking because it's Easter. Um, I wrote down mm. Emmaus on, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and so that's for, for those who don't know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's after the resurrection of Jesus when he's, he appears in some different places and talks to some disciples, but yeah, there's sometimes these, the lectionary gives us, was that Luke, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the walk to Emmaus, right? There's, or is it from? Walking, uh, yeah, walking to Emmaus. Right, yeah. Which is an unknown distance from Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, unknown. <laughs> yeah, so they're on their way, and the two of the disciples are walking, and along this walk, they're accompanied by a third person that shows up, and, and only after they've walked and conversed with this person do they realize that they were talking with Jesus, yeah. right? And I yeah, hadn't even thought about right. that. And so it, it's fitting for this time of year because that's it's always a story that comes up after Easter when it when it yeah. shows up, you know, and yeah, and because it's it's post post resurrection, right? Jesus, right? Yeah, but pre ascension, you know. It's a, well, I thought you were going to talk about the women walking to the tomb with the spices. Oh, right, like, right. Yeah, sort of the the ointments mm-hmm. for the body. Yeah, um, and the funny part is they were like, oh. Who's going to, like, roll away the stone? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't think about that part. Right, right, right. But that's grief, too, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. oh, we can't think of everything. Right, right. We got the oils yeah. and, the, and the spices. That's what we really needed. Right. Yeah. yeah. But walking then, too. Yeah. But that story, I mean, like, I, you know, the idea that's always kind of taken from that is, you know, when you go for a walk with someone else and you're on that path together, and you walk in and you're talking and you're mm-hmm. going through, you know, you're moving through the same space and you're moving at the same time. So that's yeah. like sharing life with someone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're going through life together, sharing in, you know, what comes, sharing in your path, right? You yeah. know, it's like sharing a life with a person, walking along. Then in that moment is when the divine appears, right? right. That the, the divine is a part of that, yeah. right? That, that, and then not only is it just there, it's not just hovering around, like Jesus wasn't like just creepily standing there behind them the yeah, whole right. time, you know, like Jesus in this story actually converses with the two who are walking, yeah. right? And there's an interaction. And so like in that space of the two on this walk, there is, it creates room for divine intervention, mm-hmm. you know, in their lives, which they don't even realize until later. And how, you know, how true is that for us, Right. That we don't sometimes we look back and we're like, oh wow, yep, that was the divine, yeah, you know, entering into my life, and I didn't really even recognize it, you know, right. And, but that happens through walking, mm-hmm. and what's walking, but it's you know sharing in a path and a journey, so hmm. yeah, just cool stuff. Yeah, wow. Thanks, Jason. Of course, always good, always good. So uh, the last thing I wanted to mention about the beer here was. I've got it in this glass, and it's lacing. Do you see the lacing? I do. I mean, we it's should a probably... sign of like a high. Well, well yeah. So lacing quality. is lacing is much but... sought after in beers, and it right. often has to do with um, the protein content of it, and, and particularly the protein content in the foam, um, because the foam has to like stick to the side of the glass, right? And so you get a lacing effect when you when you take a sip after sip after sip, yep. and it leaves a little ring yeah. on the glass it as you shows go. where you've been. Yeah, it's like going for a walk with your beer. <laughs> uh, My beer and I have been through a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But it looks like, I don't know, It's I, I'm surprised, and I don't know if it's, because none of the other light lagers that we've had have done this. No, yeah. It, and I don't we've been traces. using the same cup. Leave no trace. Same yeah. cups. So it's like, so this is this is interesting, and it must be a factor of being an ice beer. Somehow, you know, concentrates some of the protein quantities of the foam. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, it really is bursting with flavor. Actually, I was thinking um, I'm not drinking that anymore. Um, I'm drinking a Wolf Hollow. Um, but it got me thinking, like, when Wolf Hollow began, you you really had, like, a specific water flavor, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. for lack of a better way to say yep. that, yep. that kind of created the, f- the flavor of the beer mm-hmm. along with it because yep. you didn't necessarily have, like, high quality filters when you first began no, no. right yeah. now now you guys kind of have whatever yeah. filters you want with uv or whatever yeah but um it kind of created the first flavors was yep. the water from the land where right. you were from the earth where you were brewing a terroir when i say yeah <laughs> exactly so um there's an old there's like a west glenville uh, yeah. flavor yeah, exactly. I don't know if you continue to try to create that. Um, um, no. Not really. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but uh, we do use well water. So that is, I mean, yeah. okay, yeah, we're, we're not on like municipal, like treated water. With like a, the biggest UV thing, right? Is that still the Yeah, yeah, we purifier? have a big, yeah, big UV light that we use. Yeah, nothing's all, cool. But keep it all sanitary. Um, but yeah, sanitary is also good. Yeah, I like my water that way. Yeah. <laughs> you can create flavor in other ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let it be known um, amongst the nations that Milwaukee's best ice laces in the glass. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. If you they should what... really put that in their next ad. Yeah, yeah. Like... Yeah, forget ice. Just put call it lace. Yeah. Milwaukee's best lace. That's... <laughs> <laughs> What are you gonna say? Imp- inappropriate jokes now, Jason? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what do you? Uh, is that the Valentine's Day beer? <laughs> <laughs> hey, babe, look what I got you for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Something lacy. <laughs> a sixteen ounce six pack of Milwaukee's best lace. <laughs> yeah, Milwaukee's best. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's only like you just gotta, you could just, you know, add on to this I here and make it an A and then just, you know, an L. You're yeah. like, you're like three lines away from lace yeah. right here. Definitely change the I though, because without it, it's lice. So. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to drink your lice. It does not look good in a glass. Lace, no. good in a glass. Lice, not good lice, in a glass. Lice. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to stop this <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, before we continue. Episode 22 is like a a college kid graduating. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Trying to figure out adulthood. So it's great great that we're (laughs) drinking Bush Light in Milwaukee's (laughs) best ice. Yeah, it's great. All right, uh, uh, it's been a good good show. Um, Good stuff on the Nature Fix. Jason, thank you. Uh, Send us an email, brothers at musicofthespherespodcast.com. Hit us up on the social medias. And um, thank you to Milwaukee's Best Ice for um, for keeping the podcast flowing tonight. And um, that's all for tonight. We'll be back next week with another show. It's my turn. And I've got a, a new book that I'm going to be working on for that one. So nice. look forward to that. 
And so I guess that's all. So from the deepest parts of our beings, we thank you for being part of our universe here at the Music of the Spheres podcast. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week. in the morning <laughs> i like it i'm gonna um, start saying that every morning when i try to get lila on the bus <laughs> I mean, like sedentary person a sedentary person laying in your bed hiding under your blanket there is much zest and flavor out there on that bus <laughs> yeah sitting in front of yeah. the house with a lot the lights of terroir on, on the bus too yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of yeah, yeah middle school yeah terroir. that kid who brought his egg salad sandwich <laughs> <laughs> that's great um I, there's a few more